All right, what's up, listeners? Welcome back to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this is a podcast where we... (laughs) (laughs) Intro's been derailed. (laughs) And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deeper discussion of the film, and then we're going to ask the most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing See How They Run with our special guest. No one. We don't have a special guest. So, uh, first off, we're going to start with some news. Um, So, this is not a traditional news piece, but Letterboxd, an application that is near and dear to all of our hearts, um, recently dropped a list of the 2022 top um favorite movies which means it's movies that are in your profile like so for letterboxd you choose four films that are your favorites and you put them in your profile so i want to know what four movies are in your profile and we'll see if they if they're on the list bro this is embarrassing i don't know if i haven't updated mine i haven't updated mine for ages well let's find out so i'll start i've got mine out while you guys find it, like you yes. have to find it on the internet. So my f- four favorites are The Nice Guys, oh, obviously. Four. It's one of okay. my favorites, um, clearly. Uh, Bo Burnham's Inside, What We Do in the Shadows, and Stop Making Sense. Um, definitely not like, like if you looked at that, I don't think you would assume that I'm a film major. It would <laughs> definitely be <laughs> like casual viewer, but yeah. I don't know. The way I do it is like I don't care if it's the best movie ever. It's more like a movie that I really enjoy watching. So they're all mm-hmm. kind of like fun movies. Makes sense. Yeah. And uh, that being said, none of them appear on the letterbox list. Yeah, these are pretty. Uh, they're pretty niche. Not exactly, niche exactly, yeah. but definitely not yeah. ones that most people pick as their favorite. Um, and there's a hundred. The list is a hundred films that are most commonly put on the favorite. Okay, so. I'm sure I'll have one on the list. I'm certain at least one, if not. I haven't looked at yours recently, but I'm sure one, well, if not even four out of four. Yeah, my, mine's not changed. Uh, so it's Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan. I, it's, I think it's probably his best film so far. Um, so that's one. Black Klansman, um, which is... What'd you say? Klansman? Yeah, Black Klansman. Interesting. Um, which is another great movie uh probably spike lee's best work honestly um moonrise kingdom i put it here over grand budapest because um this is more of a comfort movie compared to grand budapest it's just very lighthearted compared to like the ending of grand budapest not spoiling anything uh and then last one is kingsman the first one secret service how many do i have i'm just checking right now yeah Somehow, I think you've managed to not pick a single one. Like, not what? Even, not even one of them. That is crazy. On there, that, okay. it is crazy. I'm I'm yeah. impressed actually. Um, lots of other Nolan ones on here though. Uh, off the top, I see Interstellar, Dark Knight, Inception. Oh yeah, I remember Interstellar's number one, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. I was like, really? Wow. I like that movie, but I was like, but it's okay. not, it's that, not good. that good. Not that good. But yeah, like. And those are all in the top 12. It's pretty crazy. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, like, so does that make us based or cringe? So I guess we're not <laughs> based. 
Maybe yeah, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> one last chance. What's what's on Aiden's list? Yeah, yeah so dude. I'm gonna keep it a stack to you guys. Like I haven't done this. I'll just I'll tell you what some of my five out of fives are. I'll just okay. do that. Just um, pick, four. pick four on your top. So my yeah, I'll just do the most recent five out of fives that I'm the most recent five out of five I gave was Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I know is on the list. It's number six. I saw, I saw that. Mm-hmm. The most the second most recent I gave I gave the HBO series We Are Who We Are five stars. It was the same director as um Timothy Chalamet in Italy biking around and mm. stuff. Call me Call by, by your name, name. director. Yeah. Interesting. I've heard of that. Uh, I gave Minari five stars. Minari uh, was great. I, yeah, Minari was great. And I gave Parasite five stars. Oh, Parasite is... Yeah, Parasite's definitely four. Four. It's number four. Yeah. Um, I doubt Minari is on here. Like, I think the 100 films are ones that you could probably guess are on here. So... Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Um, Whiplash is number five. Oh, La La Land is number two. Fight Club, three. Mm-hmm. Whiplash is yeah. such a big film guy movie. Like, I love that movie. Don't get me wrong. Whiplash, like, yeah. Whiplash is, like, one of the film guy movies. I hate that, like, you're not wrong, but also, like, it's so good. It yeah, deserves any praise it gets. Yeah. I don't know. I also that love end, that. That ending scene is incredible. Like, the ending of Whiplash is one of my favorite movie endings. It is incredible. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Just some other highlights. Number 98, Ratatouille. Um, nope. <laughs> unfortunately, Joker makes it on the list at number Aww. 96. <laughs> <laughs> Too high, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Star Wars Episode 3 is at number 90. No way. Really? Yep. you got to be really? kidding. I'm going, I'm going from the, the bottom up. Um, what else is on here? Spider-Man No Way Home. Is that 83? Yeah, that's understandable. Such an, such an odd movie to pick as a yeah. favorite. Like, maybe you enjoyed it, but I don't know. Mamma Mia, 82. I get that. That makes sense. Um, what else? Yeah, Mamma Mia is actually... I haven't seen it in a while, but I actually really like that movie. And, like, it's popular in, like, a certain community, so... I'm not surprised. The Batman's on here at number 42. Oh, yeah. Both Blade Runners... Oh yeah, Blade Runner twenty four nine is another one of my five star reviews. Oh, yeah, I think I uh, the OG wasn't that good. I still, I still stand. Shut up. your mouth. Yeah, shut <laughs> your I, mouth right I, now. I think, I think it's great, but I think twenty forty nine is like steadily right? better. Like exactly, I think, I think it's like not even close to me. Like it's, it is a better movie in my opinion. I don't know that I can agree with that. <laughs> I, <laughs> you don't have I love both movies. Like they're both five out of five for me, I think. But I might have to give it up to the original. Um The Perks of Being a Wallflower, number twenty five. Oh, yeah, I can see that, that actually. I can see that. Lots of lots know. of anime movies. Not familiar with those. I don't know if people still liked Perks of Wallflower like that. Like I knew that it like was popular for a while. I don't know, it was still had an enduring audience. I really liked it. I think I saw it very recently. I uh, I think I saw it like a couple months ago. Oh, really? I've never seen it. Yeah. It's just a very well-crafted it, movie. So it's short, but you don't... Like, it doesn't feel short. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. can't tell right now, but I feel like a large portion of the movies on that list are from 2019 or 2018. Like, there's like 
Where's 2019 this? was a solid year. That was a good year. Movies. I um, googled the Letterbox Top 100. It didn't show up. Where'd you find it? I just went on. I saw it on Twitter, and then I I checked it out on their account. Anyways, we'll move on from that. Okay. So it looks like we're all a little cringe. Um, lots of new movies this weekend. Um, yeah. that it was actually it was very hard for us to choose what movies to do. I'm not sure if we went with the right one. <laughs> um, the Woman King sounds like it's amazing. It got an A plus cinema. Oh, what do they call it? Cinescore, I think. Dude, that score is cap. I'm telling you right now, that score is cap. It's, it's a good... based on general audiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. They gave Bumblebee a really good score, and I don't think apparently Bumblebee that movie's is fire. Movie. I haven't seen it, but apparently that movie's like actually I hated really it. I didn't see it. It was like, not great. It was, it was okay. okay. Like well, never mind. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was better than all of the Transformers films that oh, preceded. That is which wasn't far. really <laughs> difficult, but um, but I don't know. I, I vaguely trust it. So it got an A plus. Last one that got an A plus was Top Gun Maverick. So that's like oh, your yeah. comparison. I I recently saw a clip from the third Transformers movie where it's just Optimus Prime near the end of the movie being like, Riding "Let's dinosaur. kill them all." And I just, think really <laughs> I just think that's a really funny line for Optimus Prime to say. The Transformers franchise is just insanity. I yeah. the the two moments that stick out in my head still are the one. Yeah. The Romeo the trans- and Juliet law. Thing. Yes, yes. The, 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 where he's like, actually, that's a crazy. It's like, <laughs> like, just make her eighteen. It's like not that hard. Like, why? It's very clear that Michael Bay had something to say. He had something. Yeah. On <laughs> um, and then there's the the. This is like from the first or second one where one of the Transformers has like a huge pair of balls. Just like what? unnecessarily, yeah. It's like it's like those um. Oh, what do you call those? Like wrecking balls, the two wrecking balls, and then he's just got these enormous testicles. It's great. What a great choice. <laughs> I, I feel better about not seeing the Transformers now. <laughs> Saying all this about them, I kind of want to go and watch them. Again. Yeah, no, because oh, like, no. like, in in the the in the like underage scene, like he pulls out a laminated card with yeah. like, a lot of detailing why it's legal. <laughs> I remember I saw the movie when I was like like fourteen or something. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like even then, I was like, what the fuck is this? Clearly, clearly, this happens. A lot, like for like for this character, like this happens all the time. He's always dating underage people. God, <laughs> what a shitty movie. Um, oh man, um, Blonde came out this weekend. Um, I think I'm gonna watch it tonight. I've heard pretty bad things and sometimes okay things, um, but I'm gonna watch it nonetheless because I need to support Anna de Armas. Um, that's just that's just how it is. Um, I went on Netflix. Um, this weekend also is the weekend of Moon Age Daydream, uh, the Bowie, David Bowie documentary looks fantastic. Gonna have to find time for that as well. And also Pearl, um, the sequel, the sequel to X. Um, I've heard pretty good things actually. So yeah, I quite enjoyed X. I thought X was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was I don't think it was great, but like it was a good time. It was about as good as this yeah, movie was. I'd but say. I think it, I think it was no. I think it's better than this movie. I think X was like pretty much exactly what it wanted to be. 
and I like that's how I like yeah, to yeah. judge movies. Whereas I feel like I mean we'll get into it, I feel like this movie fell a bit short of what I wanted it to be. I I think that's a fair assessment, and yeah, I did. I updated my ranking for this year, and yeah, X I think pulled ahead of this one by like one or two movies. Um, but yeah, so that's this weekend. Um, like I said, I think last week this is the start of um, hole in the pocket season where just money's <laughs> flying flying out of my bank account um as i see like all the crazy good movies i hate i hate how they do it why do they stack them all in one season like they're all in october yeah. and november Stupid. yeah um speaking of pearl though um they've already announced there's a sequel to x now so we went x oh, really? prequel and now there's going to be a sequel as well and the sequel is going to be called Maxine with three X's in it for some reason. Oh. I guess it's a third movie, but it's also definitely not a third movie. So <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. And I think it follows the main character from X and it's set in the eighties. So um, there's just a small teaser of like a Hollywood sign. Like it's a helicopter going around the hill and then you see the Hollywood sign, but it's not the Hollywood sign. It's Maxine spelled out in the same um letters anyways 80s i'm i'm into it i'm i've had an 80s renaissance personally so i'm really into uh that vibe so i'm down i'll watch that one it sounds interesting um speaking of long-awaited sequels it's not that long um constantine the movie with keanu reeves is getting a sequel and they're bringing keanu back which is such a surprise Yes, the Constantine sequel with Keanu Reeves has Keanu Reeves in it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, what do you guys think about that? Have, have you uh, okay? Before we talk about that, have you guys seen the picture where like Keanu Reeves basically hasn't aged for the past twenty years? So I don't think I've seen the picture, but I'm aware yeah. of the basically concept. a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's celebrity for you. You got him and Paul Rudd. They do not age. They age mm-hmm. backwards. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, when you sacrifice and eat babies, like all celebrities do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder, just based on like that latest Matrix sequel where John Wick, we're sorry, where yeah, I'm already confusing <laughs> them, where Keanu Reeves looks like John Wick in the Matrix movie. Like, is he going to yeah. come back as Constantine wearing the same John Wick <laughs> long hair and facial hair? I think that's just like his one thing now. I feel like even in Bill and Ted, is he wearing that? Well, are they still? They're still making more John Wicks, right? Or am I wrong about that? Yeah, yeah they're, they're making two more. I think. Yeah, so I mean, they're just they're continually pumping him out, so he can never change his look. Okay, he did shave his face for Bill and Ted, but he kept the long hair for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Did either of you see the Constantine movie? Nope. No. <laughs> Neither did I. Okay, so I was, this is I was, boring news. I was only vaguely aware it existed until recently. Yeah. Um, speaking of sequels, uh, we are getting a live-action Blade Runner sequel series on Amazon Plus. Amazon really? Prime, different <laughs> keyword. Amazon um, Plus? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the conglomeration. That's what we're going to end up with when Jeff Bezos buys everything. Um, it's called 2099, and that's it seems to be all we know. But, I mean, if they give it the budget that Rings of Power got, mm. that could be good. 
Yeah, I'd be excited to see that. I mean, we were just talking about how good Blade Runner we is. We were, so. yeah, we were just talking about it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, since it's set 50 years later, I assume, like, K and none of the 2049 characters come No, that No, yeah. Ryan Gosling doesn't do TV, as far as I know. Um, but that he, movie does. He also vaguely movie. died at the end of his movie, spoiler. Also, also <laughs> true. Yeah. You think Harrison Ford comes back for the TV series? <laughs> Probably not. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be good. All right. I hope. That's a hope, really. Um, well, Ridley Scott is doing that one, eh? So. I think I did read that. I think that might be true. Yeah, well, Was he involved in the sequel? He's either, he's either executively producing it or he's directing it. It's one of the two. I forgot. That's interesting. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 really interesting that they like the number nine so much. Like they only like it can only be numbers with forty nine nine at the end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not just them. Like twenty ninety nine, I think was it's the Marvel. They do that too, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I think the so. Spider Man twenty ninety nine. So oh yeah, true, true, true. Yes, popular popular year. Maybe it's gonna be a crossover multiverse. <laughs> Love a multiverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's actually uh, the next Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man yeah. into the Spider-Verse, into the Blade Runner-Verse. <laughs> um, another Amazon series was announced, actually. Um, Roger Jean Page. Page? I don't know. The, that the guy from guy? Bridgerton, yeah. Um, and Glenn Powell, my guy Glenn Powell from uh, Top Gun, are starring as Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in the new Amazon series. Um I mean, those are two pretty attractive guys, so (laughs) I'll watch that. I love Glenn Powell. And it's apparently it's set in an alternate America, so maybe they don't die. Spoiler alert. Um, But that, yeah, I don't know. I'm digging Amazon's original content. Yeah. Sorry, sometimes. They don't always make the great stuff. Like um, the Chris Pratt things oh my god oh yeah you can't like dude he's done so many of the same movie he's done tomorrow's war he's done like the terminal list it's literally just like the guy it's like he has a family now but he's going out to fight for shit it's the same shit like one is set in the future one is set in current time yeah he just wants to like shoot people i don't know (laughs) um no the other the john krasinski cia was also not good. I don't know. Jack, Jack, Jack Ryan, yeah, that was also like. Is it Jack um, Ryan or Jack Reacher or. One of the Jack Reacher is Tom Cruise. Same fucking oh, wait. Name. Reacher is its own thing, I'm pretty sure. Reacher is not with Karzinski. And apparently it's got good reviews. I didn't watch No, it. there's two different series where there are guys named Jack and the last name starts with an R. It's really annoying. Yes. Um, and, and I can't tell. Both are the same streaming company. <laughs> they're, they're, it's ridiculous how similar yeah. those two things are. And one of them, they always have like famous action stars too. So it's really just so one of them was yeah. Tom Cruise, right? I think. Uh, yeah, I think no. that's Reacher. Well, the original movie had Tom Cruise right. in it, but the series has someone else. And then was Jack Ryan Hunt for Red October? What? I think so. With well, it's different because Tom Baldwin. Clancy is a author, and he wrote a bunch of books, and some yeah. of these books no, got right. adapted into video games by Ubisoft, and some of them got adapted into TV. Yeah, so Hunt for Red October, the movie with Sean Connery, mm-hmm. is and Alec Baldwin is Jack Ryan. Same oh, with George Krasinski nice. stuff. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Top Gun, I'm going to just motor past. More Top Gun? 
No, it's it's, it's okay. barely connected. Um, the Star Wars Rogue Squ- Squadron series has uh, dropped off the radar. It's no longer on the upcoming movies list. Oh, that was a didn't know, Patty, didn't know Patty happening. Jenkins movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be like um, Patty Jenkins and Star Wars something about the X Wings. I don't know. I just wasn't. She, didn't she film like a little teaser with? rollerblades or something like i thought she was like rollerblading on a tarmac and then she puts it in the back of her trunk don't remember and then i don't know no, i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> I guess it, but no i guess we saw top gun and they're like well we're not topping that i guess <laughs> so fuck it i don't know um what else can i talk about oh speaking of star wars Andor reviews are coming out and it's been mentioned a bunch in our group chat um very sounds like it's gonna be great yeah looks cool that's just like i hope for i've heard people say that it's like if star wars was on hbo which is like the highest compliment it's like um prestige television that's that's all i wanted why couldn't they start with that (laughs) (laughs) mando was close mando was Mando was Disney, approaching. I feel like Disney refuses to do mature Star Wars because it's like Star Wars is like meant for a general audience, not just for like mm. select groups of people. Yeah, but, I think they also just refuse to film it in a not shit ass way. <laughs> <laughs> like Obi Wan yeah. looks like shit. Like you know what I mean. I Obi Wan was terrible. I didn't even yeah. finish it. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, I didn't finish, finish it either. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Man, that's, what a disappointment. Biggest disappointment of the year. How's, uh, how's She-Hulk this week, by the way? I have not watched She-Hulk yet. I have to remember. Oh, the Drip Broker. Dude, dude, dude. I'll get to it. I'll get to it in the final, um, in the rec section, but it's good. It's good. We're, okay, on, okay. we're on a roll. We're on a roll. Oh, yeah. um, there was a new trailer for, first trailer for Babylon, Damien Chazelle's movie. I did send it, so now that we can actually hear our reactions to it. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think? Looks interesting. Looks, I'm excited to see it. I mean, like you got you got the Chazelle drum shots. You got the jazz. That's <laughs> that's that's all Um, some like similarities to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it uh, looks. I think I it's gonna like be a very a diff- different movie. Isn't it a different era? What era yeah. is Babylon actually? I that don't one's know. like one of the early, like huge movies, is it not? Wasn't it like back when it was? That's still... true. Yes. Like, no, I'm right. It's the 20s. Like right it's after the patent companies. Yeah. 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 So. So yeah, no, it'll, it it feels it definitely feels like Once Upon a Time in uh, in Hollywood. Mm. Yeah, it's <laughs> you're right. It's, <laughs> it's Brad Pitt and Marco Robbie. That's so weird. <laughs> but. Uh, Brad Pitt looks hilarious. I think, if I have to be honest, the trailer didn't grab me as much as I wanted it to. Same. I think it'll be great. Yeah, but, yeah I, this is one where, like, I know when I know I'm going to see a movie, I kind of disregard the trailer a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, agree, I've liked yeah. every Damien Chazelle movie. I'm going to go see it. Exactly. I like the cast. I'm going to see it. Yeah. See, like, my only concern with this movie is that Damien Chazelle has been doing a lot of, like, from like nobody to hero type of movies like um the uh whiplash is like about obsession and chasing the you know uh mm-hmm. prestige and like 
mastering his craft and what he has to sacrifice. And then La La Land is sort of like that as well, about like an actor's journey from nobody to, you know, a well-known star and like chasing their dream. In this time set in uh, California, set in Hollywood. And this one feels similar because like Margot Robbie, like from, from the trailer at least, like they started off being sort of like nobody in like a small, small show. And they eventually moved to LA, moved to uh, Hollywood and then become big stars. And then the sacrifice they have to make, the nasty shenanigans after they make stuff like that. So, yeah, nasty shenanigans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like, it feels like each movie like tackles a different thing. Like, you know, like, like what Whiplash is about, like obsession. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not saying they're, they're like, the same movie. Yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of like how they tackle it, I think it's different. And also to be fair, First Man isn't really like that. I don't know if you guys saw First Man. I actually have not seen First Man. It's a good one. I like First Man. It's good. Okay. It's Neil no, Neil's it's Armstrong, great, right? Yeah. No, check that one out. What? Sorry, it's, I missed uh, Neil's Armstrong, right? Yeah. yeah. And Ryan Gosling is yeah. Neil Armstrong. More more Gosling. Um, no, it's no secret that um, Chazelle's movies are kind of like the same story. Like if you if you strip away the um, like the window dressing and like where it's set and all that, then yeah, it's they're all basically like they're like it's obsession and trying to achieve a goal and what are you willing to give up to achieve that goal so like you know what are you willing to give up to be the best drummer what are you willing to give up to make it in hollywood in that case it's the love story right what are you uh, willing to give up to go to the moon and i i wouldn't be surprised if this movie is any different and I could care less. I think that's fine. Yeah, I, don't, like yeah, I think it's fine too. As long as it's like presented, as long as it's presented in a different way and he's exploring kind of a different angle of it. Cause I think yeah. every movie has felt tonally different. Every movie is felt like it's getting at a different specific niche of that. Yeah, so. no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll, it should be fine. It should be good and fun and whatnot. Um, last bit of news. This is some somber news. So, um, Unfortunately, Jean-Luc Godard has passed away. I heard. That was, that's a, an old person that I am sad about dying. That is sad. Um, yeah. He, he was 91, so he waited for the queen to die, and then he was like, <laughs> okay, now it's fine. Like a true Frenchman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, man, what a, what a cool guy. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, which... I feel like I've... Oh, no, no, he also did... Okay, so I've seen two of his films. I've seen Breathless and uh, Masculine Feminine, I think, was also him. I will just double-check that. I don't want to be wrong yeah. on this. I think it was. Um, have you seen... Yeah, it was. Okay. I haven't seen Masculine Feminine. I have seen Breathless, and then I've just seen... I've seen scenes from Godard, because, like, he's referenced in a lot of things, so, like, I've, mm-hmm. I've, watched, I've watched different scenes, but that's the only full movie I've seen. And I remember my experience with it was the first time I saw it, I was showed like the opening in a film class, and I was like, "Wow, this fucking sucks." No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. When and it's taken it, out of context, you're like, "This is stupid." Yeah. And then I <laughs> buckled down and watched it, and I was like, "Oh yeah. no, this is great! This is I love this." No, I love when they show it and they're like, "This is what a jump cut is," and you're like, "I don't give a fuck about a jump <laughs> <Yeah>. cut." <laughs> Like, oh, I'm never doing that. Yeah, <laughs> this looks dumb. Yeah. And now you're like, oh wow, that was actually really smart. Uh, <laughs> Peter, of course, has no idea what I'm talking about. 
Do you even know who Godard was? Yeah, isn't he the French New Wave guy? You... Okay, you do. Okay, I'm surprised. And I'm sure I've told you about Breathless, though. I feel like I... Because I watched that, and I was like, holy shit, this is a movie. But Harry I'm, Styles. I this is a what? movie. Because you're like, this is that, a movie. <laughs> that feels like a real movie. As far as movies go, that feels like a real movie. Um, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, go check out... Go check out Breathless if you haven't. Yeah, so good. Rip Godard. That's oh, so sad. Um, let's move on to some happier news. Uh, we are reviewing a movie, and it's See How They Run. A silly little movie um, starring Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan. Uh, what a great name, Saoirse. Um, That's a strong Irish name. And lots of vowels. Lots of vowels. <laughs> um, we're going to start out with our Guess the Metacritic score. So for those who don't know, uh, there is a little website on the internet and they tabulate uh, critics' scores of a movie and then they give it a score that's the average of their scores. And so if it's 60 or above, it's green. If it's 80 or above, it's a special class called Must See. It's a must-see movie. If it's uh, in the 50s, it's given a yellow. And if it's 49 and below, it's red. So we are going to guess where, see how they run, ranked um so let's hear it from aiden you can start so i'm thinking that this was in the 60s at some point i am going to go i'm gonna go 64 64 peter uh 63 60 okay we're gonna <laughs> close Ooh. um I am going to break the mold. I'm going to go with a 70. Right. So 60, I'm already forgetting. In 64, 63, 70. Okay. Oh, fuck, I was way off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Peter was actually closest. It did get a 60 yellow. Oh, yeah. Didn't last week's get that too? What was last so. week? We kept oh, watching yeah. just very average movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 3,000. 3,000 Years of Longing also got 60. I think this was better than 3,000 now. I disagree. That, <laughs> I um, I think there's different enough that I wouldn't make a direct comparison like that. Okay, so what if I'm I'm making you do a direct <laughs> sure. comparison? So, so. I guess, okay, if we achieve it, if we, again, like, I think I'd... A not perfect, but a decent way to judge a movie is like what did it set out to achieve and how well did it achieve that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, I think See How They Run probably did that better mm. by a little bit. I think that's close. But I think Peter it's close. Disag- I have problems yeah. with both of them. No, I, I have problems with both, but Peter disagrees. You like 3,000 more? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, okay. I want to hear more honest, about that. If we compare the cast, I would just, I would just, I, like, I have so much love for See How They Run. It's mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. It's, okay. uh, it's Saoirse Ronan. Like, two of my favorite actors, basically. Keep listing. Um, Can you name any other actors <laughs> in this movie? <laughs> uh, I think Ruth Wilson is also in it, right? I would have to check. I don't know who Ruth Wilson is. Yes. No, okay, you got one more. Name yeah. one more. Keep naming. I want to see how far you can go. Adrian Brody. Oh, yeah. Yep, that was an easy one. That's what yeah. I would have gotten. I don't yeah. know who Ruth Wilson is, though. Or at least I don't know her by name. Yeah. Well, I've seen her face. You're certainly not a 
not a uh, patron of English television. She's a oh no, you got yeah, you can one up me on this. I chose a losing battle. You're right, um, but yeah. So okay, fair enough. You did win though. So who is going first for their non-spoiler review? Uh, I want to hear from Aiden first. Sure. Yeah. Um. So I um I had a really good time watching this movie. It's like what we've been talking about. I thought Sir Sharona was so funny. I thought she was great in this movie. I thought she was very very funny. Um, I really like Sam, Sam Rockwell too. Uh, there was only one cast member that I felt like I just didn't get what his character was supposed to be. Um, and that was like the police commissioner. We can talk about that a little bit more where I just like, mm. I don't know. There's something, something about like, I just don't get, I don't get what's going on here. Other, but um, I thought it was very funny, but I thought that some of the jokes could have been executed more. I thought that there was potential for this movie to be greater than it was. I thought, it wound up getting a little bit disjointed at the end. And I think because it, it struggled to emphasize multiple layers of the plot at the same time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but there's, I mean, there's a lot to like. Um, I like the visual style, but I have some critiques of it. Uh, yeah. And if I had to give this, I think on Letterboxd, I have to set two and a half stars right now, but I think I'd put it at three. Two and a half. Have- yeah, wow, they can put it at three. Because when hard. I first came out of the movie, I was like, I think this is, like, the way I see it in my mind is like five out of ten is like the most average. This is better than average, so I actually am going to change it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I gave it two and a half when I first came out. But I, I would say three stars now. Okay, and would you recommend this to a friend? Yeah, it's fun. It's good fun. Okay, uh, Peter, who's next? Uh, well, I'm still picking. All right. Uh, I'll go next. You won. Um, I give it a three and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Like, I think the casting is great. I think Sam Rockwell is sort of wasted in sort of a muted character like this one. Uh, like he, like he's so much better in, uh, you see Jojo Rabbit, uh, three billboards outside Evan, Missouri, like a more enthusiastic, much more energetic character than just the sort of muted, depressed British police officer. Obviously, like, the accent was great. Like, you know, like, um, the accent game was on point. And, but I just think, like, he could be much more in a different role. So, not a huge fan of him being used this way, but all right. Saoirse Ronan is fantastic, like Aiden said. Been following her for a long time. She's just fantastic. And I... Love it that finally a movie director let her use her Irish accent in an entire movie mm. instead of making her to do American or an English accent. Fuck yeah. Her Irish accent is like, I can listen to it all day. Fine. Like, I love it. Um, it's kind of interesting so, yeah. knowing that you're an Anglophile that you love the, you have so much love <laughs> for the Irish. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Like, I have, ever that. since I saw Lady Bird, it's, oh. Big shout uh, out to the Irish. Those are my ancestors. Let's go. She's, uh, my blood is coursing in my veins. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I didn't like about the movie, though. See, like, if you look at a movie like Knives Out or, like, other whodunit. Oh, I, I guess that's, like, the only whodunit that I've it's, seen recently. I mean, Knives Out is the easy comparison. I made the comparison. I'm sure most people have been. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Knives Out, the mystery came together nicely. Like, it's unexpected, 
but it is also like you totally see the connections. But this one, like the third act was very tense and that was very good. But the twist did not make any sense. It was just like, hey, remember? Oh, right. Non spoiler. We're a non spoiler, so I'm going to have to right. bleep that. So, twist did not make Fuck sense it. to me. Twist did not make sense. Okay. Um, other than that, like, um, a lot of running around, which is fine. And just like, like you don't feel the stake till the third act, which I don't know is a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe they just want to keep it lighthearted for the first two acts and then third act like, really ramped it up. But, uh, uh, I think, like Aiden said, I think it could be executed a lot better, but uh, it is good. And uh, what makes it's like all the, all the good parts are there. It's just they can be amplified and make this movie even greater. So that's my take. You said there was a lot of running around. When was it running? I actually said that there. I oh, thought no, there was no, a, just enough... like going going to places. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I was I was gonna say for a movie called See How They Run, there wasn't there was a whole not lot that of running. running. <laughs> I would say there was almost no running. I can't remember. Right. Maybe one time, like a run and a leap. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I don't remember a whole lot of running. So I was, like, this is an honest criticism. Like. <laughs> Pick a different title. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't get the title in. at all either. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> for the movie. Yeah. And then also, like, it's it's a bit wordy. Like, you know, I like a shorter title. I guess four words isn't a whole lot. But. I, I don't mind the... I don't think... I don't have a problem with that, but I do think I don't get the how it relates to the movie. Like, really. It doesn't make any sense. Let's be real. Uh, unless it's like an Agatha Christie reference. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, I think I heard that it was... Um, it Wait, is she a real author? Agatha Christie? Yes. yes. Oh my yes. god, I did not know that. <laughs> and the play is real too. The, the, the oh, I didn't know that actually. That's a real play. A lot of it is actually real. So there were real characters. Dickie Attenborough is a real person. I did a little research. so But I did know, I knew in advance that Agatha Christie was a real person. Um, and some of the other characters are based on real people. And the play is like one of the longest running plays in history. So it's been running nonstop since the fifties. Siri, shut the fuck up, man. Don't you hate when just like starts listening to what I'm saying? Fuck off. Um, But yeah, up until the pandemic, actually, like it was halted by the pandemic. So it had like that kind of like, well, I guess we have to stop at this point and it's still going now, I think. So pretty good. Right back up. Yeah. Popular, popular play. And yet I have not, seen it read it or heard of it crazy um oh i guess um what you said you already told us what you ranked it you gave it a three and a half right yeah out of five peter yes fair enough. my jaw is clicking like crazy um and would you recommend this to a friend honestly i wouldn't like i feel like if you want a movie where um uh, to make you love Sam Rockwell or Serge Ronan, there are better recommendations out there. If you want to watch a who done it, just watch Knives Out. I think it's a better movie. So I think this movie, unfortunately, uh, it's got a lot of competitors and they're very competitive. So mm. it, it falls short on that regard. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I, I think we're all in agree uh, agreement this time. Um, I also gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Um, I even I even went as far to say that like this is a very three point five movie, um, in that like it's it's good, 
it's a solid good movie but it falls short of greatness by quite a bit um yeah knives out is an easy comparison it's the most recent uh, murder mystery comedy and i mean knives out is a fantastic movie um and this one just does not hit it on a a comedy level and it doesn't quite hit it on a mystery level either so yeah it just kind of doesn't really um yeah i don't know um but i would say that i i don't know i didn't i didn't laugh as much as i wanted to um for a comedy movie but there were a handful of moments that i was like oh this is really funny so you know as far as like you could have a movie that has like lots of comedy that all are sort of like yeah it was man funny but i i would prefer a movie where there were just a handful of moments where i was like oh that's really funny so at least you know it's not a thor yeah for it's not a thor for situation <laughs> um you oh you mentioned sam rockwell i was gonna say something about that um i feel oh in this movie i feel like he's trying to do like um what's the character name Holland March from um, the Nice Guys, Ryan Gosling's character, sad mm. alcoholic with a mustache from a <laughs> in a period piece who's like investigating murders or something, who's sad. Did I mention that <laughs> and, and drunk? So like, it was it was so similar that I couldn't help being like, Ryan Gosling would do this so much better. That's that's all I was thinking during the movie. I was like, I love Sam Rockwell. But Ryan Gosling killed it in the Nice Guys, and I, it's it's hard. It's it's he put himself in competition with him, and you know, no, um, no, I disagree. Ryan was so funny in the Nice Guys. Like, yeah, was, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, he was sad, drunk detective for sure. But he's also like he's got more. His characters got more, um, more. They're, they're different for sure. Like Ryan Gosling's an idiot in that one. <laughs> like definitely like. <laughs> really stupid sometimes and this one isn't quite that i feel like his character. character's got more depth surprising enough because like like you know like he he's a detective but he's also like uh sort of sort of like a paradox because like he's not really great at detective work and he like screams quite a bit yeah <laughs> from the most well, random things and like that's what makes a character rich and i feel like you know in this one sam rocco is very flat you know no, that's what I, I was actually going to, yeah. Um, I would say that the whole movie laps, lacks depth, mm -hmm. this one. Um, there's just, like, like very, very short um, allusions to a sad past for both of our lead characters. Yeah. One of them's husband is dead from the World War II. Sam Rockwell, his wife left him, and um, he also got injured in the war, but that... I don't know, not probably as bad as his wife leaving him. And um, and then there's this one scene where... Have I gotten into spoilers? I'm just thinking, like, we're still in non-spoilers. Um, I, I don't think that's... Hop into spoilers. Yeah, let's not, hop into spoilers. It's not... Well, let me finish woman. my review. Let me finish my review. <laughs> it's not really spoilers what I said. That's just, like, random character backstory details. But anyways, there's allusions to sad bits to their lives and then we never come back to that they set up these things and they never complete them so that's yeah. that was really um upsetting to me so i yeah i just felt like it's 
I don't know if like su- superficial is what I'm thinking. Like it's all very surface layer kind of comedy and fun. And we don't go into any deeper um, in terms of like character. The characters don't get much deeper. Um, the mystery and the whole meaning of the film doesn't get very deep. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the problems are in the script and that it was just like, you know, a low budget, maybe not low budget, like a mid budget, mid tier, um, you know, short comedy film. And yeah, I don't know. It could have been, it could have been much better. I think it had potential and that's the worst thing when something has potential and they don't, you know, fulfill that. Um, and they could have, you know, this script needed another like run through another draft and yeah. Um, what else? I had one more thing, but I can't remember what it was. Um, so yeah, why don't we, oh yeah, the direction, but let's just get into spoilers because why the fuck not? Um, so that guy did it. That one guy did it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> let's start with, um, let's start with direction because we both, we, all of us seem to want to be talking about it. Um, it was good, but it was also like really weird. Um, yeah. I, I think like 85% of the film is shot in medium two shots or three yeah. shots, depending on the number of people in the scene. And I was like, can we stop doing that? Like, yeah. It's getting really yeah. boring. What are the notes? I was taking notes while watching it because I'm a super cool guy. I had a notebook in the theater. To be honest, I've done that twice now in the past week or so and it's because of class because we have yeah. it's an assignment too right yeah it so, is an assignment I mean, but i literally wrote down i was like man like this is the same formula for every <laughs> scene it's like when there's a conversation it's these like medium two shot three shots um and then when they're and then we have a tracking shot of them walking down the hall and then like that mm-hmm. like there we like it was like wow like this is really the same sort of thing but what i will give it credit for is there is some ingenuity within these mediums they're doing like there is some attempt to differentiate like one that stands out to me in particular was the one that's in um the dressing room when they're talking to the main actor of the play oh um, that one was really good with the mirror that was really cool with the mirror and like i was like i also appreciated on level was like that's a smart way to film in that small space like that's absolutely like, yeah. like that was really the the way it moved across the way directed attention i actually, I actually quite enjoyed that um, I also liked one of the things I wanted to talk about was they filmed the conversations like how the Coens often film conversations, which is like instead of having OTS and you're kind of outside looking into the conversation, it was like a wider lens and you're in the conversation um, and you don't see the character that's being spoken to. Uh, and I, I like that a lot. I don't really have much to say about why I like that. I, I think it was just like a fun way to shoot it. I liked, I know that we can talk about more. I liked the set design. So I liked that mm, we saw like, yeah. a lot of the set design uh, through this. Like it was focused on, we saw the environment of the characters um, when they were talking about it. Um, but yeah, so like it was kind of a mixed bag, the the coverage for me. Like, because on the one hand, like it felt very formulaic, but on the other hand, I also liked a lot of the shots and i was thinking about like well thor 4 is also a movie with basic (laughs) very basic coverage but like i remember thinking the movie like okay but this is kind of working for me and i was like i wonder why that is because thor 4 didn't work for me at all and i think it is just like thor 4 looked like poop like it looked like like wet concrete garbage like it just looked terrible whereas this movie 
the DP knows what they're doing and they're not right. using like a computer screen behind them. Yeah. Right. So like yeah. it looked really good for something that coverage wise was kind of vanilla. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the, the, like the framing of shots was really good. Like all the time there was also oh, yeah, yeah. the way that they incorporated movement within the medium. Like I'm thinking of a particular shot when they're on the stage near the beginning and it's this um, medium three shot but as one of the characters kind of tracks back, it like turns into this diagonal line across the three characters. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, but yeah. Um, so mixed bag on the coverage for me. Yeah, no, I, the medium two shot thing really started to irk me once I picked up on it and you pick up on it quite quickly because it, literally every conversation scene is the, is shot the exact same way, which is incredibly boring from, the first act all the way until the, the final act. Um, and so, yeah, that really bugged me. But then there were also, like you said, there was so much to the direction and the, the cinematography that I was like, oh, this is really good. So, yeah, it was definitely a mixed bag. Um, I was, at one point, I was like, oh, this is very much like one particular filmmaker. Um, Peter, do you, did you pick up on that? I want to see if... Because Peter's like the least cinema cinephile of the three of us. So Peter, did you pick up on which director it seemed like? Like if you didn't know it wasn't this guy, like who would you think directed this movie? I mean, it's quite obvious, right? I think it's been talked about quite a lot. Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to see what you know. I'm trying to gauge what you picked up on. But yeah, it's very Wes Anderson. The centrality, the way like things are framed with using mostly the center. And head, a lot um, of headspace, too, in a lot of the shots. Yeah, yeah, lots of headspace. Um, and I think there was, like, good use of, like, panning and stuff, which yeah. I feel like is also Wes Anderson. But, uh, oh, and the wides. Lots of wides. I, co- colorful set design, like you said. The set design was fantastic. Set design was great. I really like set design. I first noticed that in, like, the party scene at the beginning. I was like, oh, this, yeah. this looks really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think more on the topic of like the panning I and we'll get like I also have this complaint in editing I do feel like sometimes the camera movement could have served the jokes better um, the way it was coverage could have served the jokes a lot better like in Wes Anderson it's like a typical thing where like you have the Wes Anderson pan and it's like very funny like most of the time when yeah, it happens it's yeah. like the pan happens and you're like oh that's like it just it hits because you see something surprising that's always yeah. what happens right it's the, Whereas, it's the surprise of what you're seeing with this i was like this didn't quite hit the same as me i felt like it could have been done a little bit better in that regard what were the pens that they do in this movie do you remember i don't really remember them i remember thinking that they should have been doing it more because like I don't, I think most of the shots like we we're talking about were fairly steady. But I think one is when uh, Sam Rockwell slides out of frame, which was really funny. And then the camera tilts down to see him, and it was kind of like, why do we need to do that? Why can't he just stay out of frame? Yeah. Oh like, yeah, I know exactly what show you're talking about. And I, yeah. I remember thinking like I thought I saw the tripod resist the tilt a little bit too. Oh really? <laughs> That's like, weird. <laughs> I was like. Okay, I don't know. Like maybe I was just imagining that, but I remember also thinking like, "This is a weird, that's a weird tilt." Yeah, I didn't need to see him. You know, like yeah. sometimes playing with the out of frame space is fun. Yeah, um, it's also pretty impressive, though. All this being said, that this is the the director's first feature film. I oh, think yeah. I did hear somewhere that he directed TV a bit. So I'm gonna look into that right now. 
Yeah, Tom George uh, did multiple projects for the BBC, but this oh, is yeah? his first feature film, I think. Okay, he did 19 episodes of a show called This Country, something called Defending the Guilty, six episodes of that, seven episodes of Hank Zimmer. So yeah, he's been doing quite a bit. Glastonbury, 22 episodes. Okay, yeah, so he's not he's been around the block, but he hasn't done a feature before, so maybe less impressive, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Peter, did you have anything that you noted about the direction other than Wes Anderson? Or? Dude, I just sat back and enjoyed the movie, man. No, that, <laughs> no, honestly, that's no, fuck. <laughs> I think what, <laughs> yeah. the thing Most about the direction. The thing about the direction is like I think it did lend itself well to that. Like it was directed in such a way that you could just be like, oh, this is a good time. Like you could just recline yeah, yeah. your seat and yeah. So yeah, he definitely did that well. Um, something else that he did that was really notable was the split screen. The yeah. way it looks like, funny enough, it looks like a Zoom call, like what we're yeah. looking at right <laughs> now. Um, the first time that happened, I was like, oh? <laughs> I was like, this is really interesting. Yeah, and then, and then they, they, they don't use it. They what don't do use it. They don't use it for anything that like gives it any purpose. Okay, that's that one might of my be complaints true. with it. Like, I thought that it was going to be the. I thought that the when I first time I saw it, I was like, okay, we're gonna get to a point where we see one shot, and that's supposed to be like one perspective of what happened. But there's oh, a no, detail. But there's yeah. a detail we missed, and we're gonna see it, and it's gonna play out. We're gonna be like, oh, and then it didn't happen. It's like I didn't. I never understood the point of doing that. I thought it was an interesting thing, but then it never. I never understood why it was used. Yeah. No. I. I agree. I don't know why they did it because it's there's nothing like thematic about why they did it as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, but I was definitely I definitely loved it. I thought it was despite despite maybe there not being a whole lot of meaning to it. I was I think it's like pushing the the boundary of like what we expect in film. And, you know, whenever somebody does that, you know, I got to give him props and I didn't hate it. I thought it was really interesting trying to like look at the two different scenarios at the same time. Um, And then I, I really liked it when they're all running around the, this whole sequence actually, when they're running around the the theater. Going through the doors. I love that. I love that sequence. sequence. I thought that was so so, funny. Yeah. And then, (laughs) Watching that, I was like, "Oh, I know what they're doing. I know they're gonna do the split screen with four people." Yeah. And uh, and yeah. when it happened, I was like, "Yes, yeah. yes!" <laughs> that was my Avengers Endgame moment. Only, <laughs> only thing I didn't really get about that scene was why was the writer like scurrying around the way he was? Because he just left the theater because he didn't want to watch the play anymore. But oh, then, that's true. I, I, I was like, what about if, that I was like, what if he's not looking for anyone? What is he doing? No. <laughs> this, I'm sure there's so many instances of that. This movie yeah. just makes no sense. But I didn't. I honestly, I didn't even notice. I, I didn't mind it because I was like, this is a fun scene. But um, yeah. Peter. Yes. Split screen. It's fun. I <laughs> loved. I loved it in Wes Anderson. I loved it here. <laughs> Peter is no thoughts had empty. Um, let's talk about the cast. I know Peter has lots to say about the cast. Um, I guess you said a lot about it, though, didn't you? Um, yeah. I think I talked about Sam Rockwell already. I kind of, 
I I more or less liked what he was doing. I love Sam Rockwell though, so um and Sersha was good. I think Sersha um I think the performance was good. I don't know if I found what she was doing funny necessarily. Yeah, like okay. I I disagree with you. I I I thought that she was like the light of this movie. I thought I was like like most of what she was doing. I think she's meant to be, right? Like she's supposed yeah. to be in this like you know, like this bureaucratic system, you know, uh, and like she's supposed to be like this, like she signed up for the police force because she needs money. It's not because she cares about being like one of the first female police officers, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, sure, yeah. but like, you know, but she's obviously very enthusiastic about the job. And despite like, you know, like uh, being put on a case, that's pretty much like the commissioner was like, like wrap this up, you know, this is a high profile case, wrap it up. Uh, and you know, like she's cheerful, optimistic. She like I think when uh, when I was talking about Sam Rockwell being sort of like you know depressed, sad, and I want to see him more energized and enthusiastic. Like it's sort of like if you write Sersha's character that way, you sort of need a foil that's a little sad and depressed to sort of complement her. Mm-hmm, so yeah, sure. um, well, it's unfortunate it worked worked out this way, but uh, you know. Uh, I definitely agree with you, Aiden. Sergio was uh, brilliant. Well, I think I think all those adjectives you used to describe the character were true. Yes. Um, but I don't. I just personally, and and I, comedy is subjective, but in mm-hmm. in a purely comedic sense. Yeah. I think the whole joke about her jumping to conclusions got pretty tired pretty quick yeah. for me. I, I, I and that's like her I, main thing. Her yeah. main thing is that she the jumps use, to conclusions. The same joke way too many times. Yeah. Well, but see, that's a, my problem is with the writing, and then my problem is with okay. Um, that's fair. That's fair. My my problem is also with, and we'll get into this. The editing sometimes I think undercuts some of the jokes. Uh, but I, what she was doing specifically, I, I was like, this is great. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I need to um to separate character and writing. So yeah. Then specifically what her character was given i didn't find funny so like like i think i think there was potential for it being funny because we'll we'll get to this later but it comes up again and it's actually important so they do need to set it up early and i appreciated how it was used later on um honestly the the scene in the dressing room could have been funny i when I play it in my head, I think it's funny. But when it was when I was watching it, so sorry. Let me explain. When they're in the dressing room, and the wife of the actor, well, she's also an actor. The actor wife lady, who's like, <laughs> who's like, um, oh, I, you know, I, I just did it or something. I did it, and then Sersha's like, oh, you are under arrest for the murder of da 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 da. Like when I think of that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's funny. That's a funny thing. But watching that in the movie, I was like, oh my god, not again. Like, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, this is stupid. I, that should have been funnier than it was. I agree. Yeah. Like, um, the, another example I want to give is, remember the, uh, in Jojo Rabbit, there was like um, the hell scene when like the, the Gustavo officers were entering. That was funny. Door. I love that That scene. was funny, right? <laughs> but in yeah. this movie, like they did the whole inspector, commissioner, um, what, what is it? What, what's her role again? Constable, 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 right. Like I know thing. why that stuck in my mind because it kept sounding like they were saying the C word. I thought they were trying to like <laughs> secretly slur. Oh, they're yeah. trying to do a secret slur. Just the way they pronounced constable. 
There wasn't yeah. enough Owen there. I was like, um, what did you they're say? Just, they're just British and weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, compared to Jojo Rabbit, that scene was, like, you know, really poorly executed, I feel like. It can be funny. It's just, like, it wasn't funny when I was watching it in the theater. Yeah, repetition's yeah, a hard thing to, to nail. Yeah. Um... Uh, the only other cast member that I recognized was, oh God, it's an Irish name. Um, Aiden, do you want to help me out with this? I think it's S <laughs> you gotta put S I A N. Is that, that Sean? That, that might be but Sean. But it's a girl. Yeah. But it's a girl. So do they also have called it Sean I think for girls? I'm I'm not okay. an expert on, but I think no, I think I'm not so. saying you yeah. would be, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Um, so let's say Sean Clifford. Um, she was the wife of the producer who got rolled up in the rug at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's from Fleabag, and she's oh, of uh, course. fantastic. All right, here oh, we go again. Come on, I never talk about Fleabag. And she's a fantastic actor, and she was in, like, two scenes for five seconds total. Uh, they should have had so much more of her. She's great. What a waste. What a waste. Um, I think also the guy who played Vecna was in this. Not that I watch Stranger Things, but oh, I've really? heard about that. Yeah, I think he was the usher, who we won't say more about yet. Um, was he? No way. I didn't even recognize let me, him. Let me check. Well, because he's got a whole lot of prosthetics on for the fucking thing. but No, it's not hey. the same guy. It's not the same Is guy. Is it not? Oh. <laughs> Charlie Cooper was oh, the okay. guy. Maybe it's not then. Maybe it was just like... Like, because they look similar. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did you know? Peter, you knew someone else from this. What's her name again? Ruth Wilson? Yeah. What, I've seen her what stuff. you think about Ruth Wilson in the one scene she was in? Like, seriously, like, two <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> Actually, let's talk about that now. For yeah. a murder mystery, this was, like, one of the weakest ensemble casts. Yes. Not, sorry, sorry. Let me clarify. Not that the actors were bad. Just how the script utilized the yes. ensemble cast was right? terrible. We barely get to know out. them. We barely see them. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought from the trailer and from the the setup, it sounded like okay, they're gonna be locked in the theater and quick. That's what it. I thought that's what it was about. I was like, wait, we're not doing that. Why are we like the next day and we're somewhere else? I thought it was a lockdown situation, like Knives Out. And then they're like, no, they can go about their business, whatever. I guess they just shut down the play, but yeah, you can't, I can't even verbalize my that's, words. That's one of the things where I where I was saying where in my non spoiler review I was like I don't think the plot developed well on multiple layers, and that was part mm-hmm. of it to me. Where it's like we didn't know the characters enough for the mystery to really be engaging because it was like Definitely. like you're guessing. I found myself I was guessing that it was either Sam Rockwell or Sir Sharonin like right off the bat because these are the characters we know like yeah. well and like there were a few hints where i was like oh okay like um and we'll get into the midpoint twist uh later but um and then i liked what you said a lot peter too where it was like it i didn't feel like there were many stakes like or there the stakes were very high until like the end and i don't know i don't know if that's because i feel like we didn't know enough about like the situation but at the same time we kind of did i think it has something to do with not spending time with the characters too much and not not getting too far into each motivation and possible motive for killing um 
Yeah, and so, the ensemble cast didn't have time to like play off of each other, which is usually right. like what most of the fun of that is. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's re- it's really weird. And I know what you mean about I I wrote down when I was watching it. I didn't bring my notebook this time. I did use my phone, um, but I wrote down that there were no there was no rising conflict during like the first half of the second act, which yes. is a problem, uh, like objectively it's not good um there's no like ticking clocks or anything there's no like oh we need to solve this quickly because you know something could happen Mm -hmm. there's no feeling of that it and i it's probably partially because that's how sam rockwell feels he's very relaxed about the whole situation so there's no (laughs) urgency to anything there's no deadlines even the like the police chief doesn't seem to give a shit right yeah um and they're just kind of like yeah, we'll stake out the thing, but like also like I'll just go get a beer because why not? And, and even Saoirse Ronan doesn't really care. like she cares more about just doing her job right than the case mm-hmm. and guessing a lot yeah. who the killer is. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes. Uh, let's talk about while we're kind of in this region. Let's talk about comedy. I think it would have fit in before we kind of got off track. But um, so I wanted to know, I asked you guys in advance, I wanted to know what were the funniest bits in the movie? Um, So let's hear from Peter because he's In my opinion, this might seem very vanilla. It's the bar stuff. The bar stuff? Yes. So like when, when, um, when, 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 when Saoirse... So they were waiting to talk to the film producer, I think. That's his role, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so um, they they parked their car in the street. Sam Rockwell was like, I'm so done with this. I'm going to go grab a beard. Uh, and then it was like, oh, I'm going to a dentist. And then that whole sequence is brilliant. So um, like Sergio as an inexperienced police officer, uh, obviously like very engage very like uh laser razor focus you know uh, she saw the producer she's like hey like he's here we got to get to him so um she knows that he went to a dentist appointment went up to the dentist uh the dentist practice and saw a whole bunch of doorbells and it was like what do i do it was a bunch press of dentists that was funny yeah, yeah that was funny press all of them and then and then as she looks back sam was just stepping out of the bar and i think he was like pretending that he he was just at the dentist and he was like getting rid of his mouthwash or something with uh whatever he was drinking but like that whole sequence was brilliant yeah. like it was very like standard good fun but it was very funny in my opinion a lot of dentistry jokes in yes. this movie yeah. and there like was like one lot. more cover-up <laughs> afterwards yes yeah but like <laughs> for for a murder mystery you know wouldn't expect so many um yeah no i i did it took me a second to understand the dentist joke i don't know why but i got it took me just a little bit too long and then i was like oh i get it because right he said he was at a dentist um i almost i i did find it weird that they're like none of the dentists like opened the door or something yeah i don't know maybe maybe they is it a buzzer like do they just like unlock the door i don't know how it works but i don't know there should have been yeah. like three three dentists open the door <laughs> even just looking out i think would have been funny like if, if we just saw them like out of focus in the background just watching 
<laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, and then like Sersha has to be like, no, never mind. No, I yeah. don't. I don't need this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I also thought there was like, I thought there was going to be like a like a slapstick sort of thing with Sersha like not closing her eyes. Like she was like staring and like like I thought she'd be like trying to like I don't know write a note and not stop looking too. So like she'd be like not looking what she was doing and it would just be screwed. I don't know. And they didn't do anything there. Well, it's, well, it's just fine. You don't always have to do the joke yeah. that I'm thinking of, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a, a decent joke. Aiden, what about you? Yeah. So now you, what do you say that I wasn't going to mention this one, but one of the ones that got me, it was early was when we see what she's writing and it's like word for word, like what was being mm-hmm. said. And I don't remember the exact yeah. stuff, but yeah. I remember just being like, that's like mm-hmm. such a like simple joke, but I was like, that works really well for me. I thought it was really funny. I thought the insert was really funny um and that but the moment the there were a bunch of moments like i think towards the end i was laughing more um and i think the moment that i thought was like really really funny at the end was when the butler is like being urged to go for the gun yes i was like i was gonna pick i I was laughing so hard i was like this is so fucking funny because like the way it's set up too and like you know it's coming and it like kind of slowly (laughs) builds up (laughs) i thought that was and like more and more people get involved in it as it goes on yeah yeah i thought that was so funny i was in yeah i was in such a silent thing theater like i think there were maybe two couples right at the top and another guy maybe a, a few rows behind me and that was it so like five people and i was yeah. stifling laughter because it was so funny yeah uh i that was that was the moment where i was like oh this was worth the price of admission like this is <laughs> this is a joke i've never seen before yeah. <laughs> this, this made this whole movie existing worth it just mm. this one stupid scene where for i guess most people watching this probably have seen the movie but um the but i'll explain it because why not um they're all held hostage by this guy and um one of the one of the people held hostage tries to convince his butler to reach for the gun but they have to be quiet about it and so they're just kind of like like moving their head subtly which is (laughs) so funny and then the butler's like no fuck that i don't want to do that (laughs) and then everyone else is like no fuck you do it do it and and people start like nudging him oh another gag in that same sequence that i thought was really funny i just remembered was the tea gag where she puts down the tea and the instantly she's like oh no 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 no, don't take that one don't take that one no oh you don't miss one they didn't yeah. do it right. You're supposed to look at her face and she's supposed to go, oh, fuck. And there wasn't the, oh, fuck shot. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just see the, you see the T spinning and I'm like, oh, this is funny. And then you cut to her and she doesn't make any sort of face of panic. And it's the face of panic that makes it worth it. And I was like, I, oh, I actually thought it was funny the way they did it. Because I think, like, the way they were doing her characters, her character was like a weird little guy. Like, like that, that that almost like wouldn't be like didn't seem to be that threatened at any point so i was like i i don't know i thought it was almost funny like that that it was just like no 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 you gotta do this one and then she's like smacking hands away and, and, yeah. she, <laughs> and she she totally fucks it up <laughs> yeah. Yeah. butler dying was like such a, yeah. was such a weird thing but also pretty really funny i was like yeah. when he fell down that was funny. Yeah. And then when you when the movie ends on him, I was kind of like, that's dark, but also like still pretty yeah. funny. 
Um, and I didn't. I should have seen it coming because of how it's set up earlier that it's gonna pan to the butler, right? Um, I had a feeling but, she was gonna be wrong, <laughs> but, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know who it was gonna be. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see it coming. I didn't like know. It wasn't until it panned to him that I was like, "Oh, it's like what Adrian Brody was saying." I was like, "Right, right." <laughs> what? What was Adrian Brody saying earlier in the movie? Adrian Brody like describes the last scene. And he's like, Remember oh, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Storyboards? yeah, yeah. I don't remember the butler dying in the storyboard. He said, like, it would end with a slow pan to the butler dead on the ground. Oh, did he say that? No, yeah. you're right. I think that that sounds familiar. I forgot about that part. Um, but yeah, one more one more thing with the um, the butler scene. All the best jokes were at the end for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, right? I agree. But, but it was, it was the after. The last act so, was amazing. Yeah, so the first bit was the the subtly nodding, and then it was the shot, the wide shot of the killer sitting on the couch, and the butler's hand slowly creeps into the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> I love that shot. Hey, you know I, what? I, it, when I saw so, that shot, I was like, Alex is gonna love this shot. Like, I'm a sucker for slowly creeping into yeah. frame. That's it's. Uh, I just love using out of frame space. Yeah. That's just a thing I love. So when they ruined it earlier with the Sam Rockwell tilt thing, oh man. But yeah, it just it reminded me of Thor and the Hammer, and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Oh, I wrote down some some of the other ones. So those were the best, I think. But uh, some of the other ones I liked were um, when the overrated playwright is like the worst thing you can do is a flashback and he's saying that in flashback As, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's either in flashback or during a flashback and then he says I the second worst the second I, worst thing yeah. is three weeks later and title yeah. card two <laughs> yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. perfect great love that yeah what are you gonna say no no it's just it's not important yeah okay um and the other one that i liked was after uh, we're kind of getting into twist. No, 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 I won't. I won't give any context. Just Sam Rockwell saying, "That's not my wife." <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I I will say I think that moment, and we haven't gone to this yet, but I think that moment also could have been executed better, though. And I remember being like, "That was one of those moments as well, where I was like, this should be funnier than it is." There was a lot of that, I think, where you're like, you think about it, and you're like, that should be funny, and. Uh, it's not, but yeah, for like the, for the most part, I'd say that um, <laughs> they're laughing at me because we took an invisible break. I try to be subtle about it's the just, it's, it's funny the way you come in and you're like, yeah, but yeah, and like, as if it's like a sentence that's ongoing. <laughs> I, I'm good until you start laughing and then, and then it throws me off. And it's also just fun talking about it too. Um, but yeah, we just came back from an invisible break, and now we're back. Um, but yeah, most most of the movie, I'd say the comedy is like they went for the easiest low hanging fruit joke, and then totally. didn't think of anything better than that, and yeah. didn't you know? It's one of those movies where they're trying to say something. Oh, okay, not the whole time, but a lot of it, they're just trying to say something that's kind of funny. I think. Yeah. Instead of doing something funny which often is easier to nail um, yeah i agree yeah I'm trying to think of like other jokes oh there were some good 
gags when Adrian Brody's gonna get killed, and he's like trying to use all the prop stuff. Oh yeah, like, yeah. He picks up the prop axe and is like really wiggly. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, I thought yeah. the exit door thing was another thing where I was like, "This Not is funny." Theor- I was like, "This is theoretically funny," and it was just like, "Oh no, that didn't yeah. hit." Like yeah. I've seen that in the trailer already. Like it's just oh, you know, that's also true. Sort of ruined. Yeah, having seen the trailer, some of the funnier moments might not have played as well. I don't know. I like you. You kind of nailed it, Aiden. Earlier, you said um, there's like things that should be funny on paper or like theoretically funny, and then they're just they somehow don't execute it in such a way that it lands. Yeah. Fair. And if, um, if we want to get into editing, I can talk about one of my reasons for why I think a lot of yeah, people don't yeah, so I think, like, with a lot of jokes, a lot of it comes from immediacy. Like, there's setup, quick cut, punchline. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that. There was yeah. too much dead space in this movie. That was one of the notes that I wrote, part of it, part of the way through, where I was like, man, like, if we just saw the quick action reaction, this would have been very funny. But because of the way it's, like, the person says something, we hang on them for, like, two seconds, and then we cut to what is going to be the punchline, and then it's, like, another two seconds, and then we get the punchline. It's, like, oh, that doesn't quite work. And, like, that would have been a lot funnier if we just, like, did it very quickly. Yeah. No, editing is really important for comedy. I don't. I didn't really pick up on that, but, um, I mean, there's a classic joke where um, I will try to do it now. Um <laughs> Hey guys, so I don't even know how to do the joke. This is gonna be terrible. <laughs> you, have to do it, you have to do it now. Um, you have to do it now. Okay, you know what the most important part of comedy is? Timing. <laughs> it's it's a really bad joke, yeah. um, but it also it's also true, and it kind of really gets to the the point of it. So yeah, um, dude, I'm I'm feeling like uh, this is. This is turning into a uh, movie, a cinema lecture. <laughs> like, dude, I feel like that's that's the sort of joke a prop will use, you know? Would you like more, um, I don't know, what's the last movie lecture? We'll do more bits. I've been, I've been thinking we should do more bits on the podcast. Sure. So put that, put that on your to-do list. Come more up with bits. bits. <laughs> Come up with bits the week. <laughs> if you've got okay. an impression, let's hear it. We need more yeah. fun stuff. I always Here. hear, I always, I always hear the podcasters I listen to saying like that they'll start having real conversations. Be like, no, 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 save it for the pod. And I wonder if we're gonna start doing that. Oh, then. I've already been doing that. Not in our <laughs> life, but like before we start recording. And I think we talked about doing a cold open. So yeah. Honestly, yeah, we need more bits. Peter, do your best. Quick, what's a Peter best... Griffin? <laughs> Peter Griffin. Do now. it. We need bits. Yeah. We need bits. Come on, <laughs> bro. I suck at impressions, man. That's perfect. Do <laughs> it better. The worse, the better. <laughs> Peter Griffin's a Family Guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even watch the Family Guy, man. He's the. Have you heard guy. his voice before? Is he, is he, he's like, is he, Seth, Seth. <laughs> is he, is he the Seth? I forgot like, his name. Lois. Like, oh. <laughs> is that right? I don't know. I think uh, so. I don't watch Family Guy either. I always like doing, um, 
I had a running gag with my family. I like that this isn't a movie podcast anymore. We're just talking. <laughs> um, I had a running bit with my family when it was when the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Is that the full name? Did they go with the full name for the title? I think it was Obi-Wan yes. Kenobi. What a stupid name for a show. Um, Really right to the point. But I had a running gag with them where it was like, I don't don't remember the context, but I would just be like, oh yeah, it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And then I would do my Obi-Wan Kenobi impression and I would just be like, hey guys, it's me, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm flying here. Hey, it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi if he was like a New York gangster man. That would no, made that Obi-Wan show Kenobi. way better. If it's... he was like, hey, Leia, get the fuck back here. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Stop running away from me. Hey, it's Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, that hurts my voice. My parents are so confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, speaking of what are you doing? Oh, I'm terrible at this. Um, let's talk about the meta, the meta-ness of this movie. Let's get back on track. The meta Interesting. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about the metaverse, actually. Um, Dude! What Mark Zuckerberg is doing is wild. Um, no. This movie is very self-aware of, of what, uh, the mystery genre is supposed to be. When the, um, when the screenwriter started talking about what is and isn't supposed to be in a murder mystery... Mm-hmm that point i was like okay shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah like it's i don't know why it doesn't work for me but i think it's like being meta can be really annoying sometimes and i don't know if it's just like something that's more recent but when people are like talking about what is supposed to happen and then they're like shitting on it but then they also do it i it doesn't work yeah there's a certain amount a point where like you're just shooting yourself in the foot and you're being like, yeah. but I'm I'm in on it, guys. Guys, I know, yeah. I know, I shot myself in the foot, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. but you still shot yourself in the foot, like. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, if if there's an example of that where that did work, I'm sure Chris Lord and Phil Miller do it. Whenever they do it, it works. Yeah. They they have a, a knack for being meta and yeah. having it land. I think. Yeah, like the meta-ness in, in Into the Spider-Verse and like how it's like telling. No, I was, I was thinking of Jump Street. Oh, yeah. Jump Street does it all oh, the time yeah. and it yeah. totally works, yeah. you know, where they're like, like, oh, it's always supposed to explode. And then, oh, yeah, know, I love the chicken truck. And then the chicken truck. Yeah, I right. love that game. <laughs> and um, on a more serious um, version of that, like, I think Scream does the meta sort of thing pretty well. Yeah. When I remember. I yeah, know. I I watched the newest scream, and I remember it was like. It, no, that's like, not it was, what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, it but it was. One. No, but it was very much like that. Still, it was like I remember it like one of the in one of the opening things. The actress is like, uh, yeah, like I like elevated horror movies like Hereditary and blah, and it's like most movies are just cheap, uh, thrills to get you jumping in your seats at jump scares and stuff. And I, I remember you seeing that and be like, okay. But I, in that movie, I thought I grew to like it as it went on. But yeah, in this one, like, I also just kind of didn't. This might sound dumb, but I kind of didn't get it. Like, like especially at the when at the end when he turns to the camera, I was like, and he starts talking to the camera, and it's like the same thing that the actor said at the player there. Yeah. I was just kind of like, oh, this is what we're doing. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. Like, yeah, sure. it's not- like. <laughs> 
So for those who don't know, it's uh, at the end of the movie, Sam Rockwell says to the audience, us, he says, um, you know, you're part of this. Oh, what's the word for that? You're like a co-conspirator. Yeah. You're an accomplice. Yeah, thank you. And so what you've seen here today, you gotta, you can't talk about it. So it's just this idea of preserving um, the secret and like the don't spoil, you know, for others. And that just has to do with the the mousetrap. Is that what it's called? The, the yeah. play? Because like it's a real play and that is how the play ends. That's how yeah. they, they actually do a direct address to the audience. And so they're it's just, and actually, let, let's get in this right now, actually. Um, I think if you knew what the mousetrap was and were had, had seen it, like this movie is like at least maybe 25% better. Yeah, you, like you would understand more. that. That makes sense. Probably. You understand most of what the final twist is and like who the killer is. Like that makes sense. Also, okay, quick spoilers for the mouse hunt a play that is 70 years old, but I'm going to talk about it right now. <laughs> but if you want to like preserve the secrecy, I'm going to break it because I looked it up on Wikipedia. So the whole play is they're set in this, it's set in this manner. They're snowed in and this policeman comes in and he says, there's been a, there's been a murder. And <laughs> just like that. Um, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it was that kid who his brother died from like child abuse and the person who died was the mom and the brother grew up and now he's gonna kill um somebody he's gonna kill two more people something like that he said there's two left and so they have to figure out who it is in the manor oh because the address was written on it so i don't know he it led him here and so then they're like okay who could it be who could it be and then halfway through someone is strangled which happens in the movie too so another parallel that's important and which is also so from what i've said so far it's weird that it isn't just set in the theater space right yeah. like and if I it's think going movie, for parallels like that yeah yeah i think the movie would have maybe even been better if they had done that because like that's really interesting and using the theater as a space could have been really cool yeah there's lots to explore there um i mean if they were all in dressing rooms that would have been boring but i think there's lots of different spaces in a theater that could have been cool anyways um so halfway through someone's strangled <clears throat> and then the end of the play so this is real spoilers for the mouse hunt if you want to or whatever it's called um it turns out that the policeman is the killer which is a fantastic twist the policeman is just parading as a policeman and it's actually the brother. And he, so he's come to enact his revenge and they stop him or whatever. So knowing if you knew that, then the person, Dickie Attenborough, it seems like it could be a person because he's playing the killer in the play. And Sam Rockwell's character definitely seems like very possibility sus. if yeah. you knew that um so it's and we'll get i'll touch on both of those topics later because there's some stuff i want to get before that um it's just weird that they don't even try to explain the mouse trap or whatever am i saying that right is yeah. it the mouse hunter it's mouse trap, i think it's yeah. the mouse trap yeah and mouse trap. i i agree that was also one of my comments where like i felt like we should have seen more of the play because if it's going mm. for this like the movie plays out how the play is like we should have 
seeing more of that in order to yeah. make those connections. That really bugged me. Um, well, like, okay, personally, I was questioning Sam Rockwell until I saw the picture oh, yeah. where like the wife looked completely different. Then I was trying to justify it by saying, "Oh, maybe like you know, time has passed." And that was weird because so... we, the audience, have seen both the women, and yeah. they don't look that similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You'd but think I that was... they would like try to fake that for us, so that. But even yeah, even I was like, "That's not the same person." <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. By that I point, I was like, "Okay, hey, it's probably not Sam Rockwell." But I was like, "That could be the same woman." <laughs> like I, I didn't think that they looked wildly different. I think it was the glasses. The glasses yeah, were it's so, the glasses, so for sure. easily discernibly different. Mm. That and then. Also, just like face structure, they should have just used the same actor to confuse us. Mm. Really easy, but um, yeah. Oh, sorry, we were talking about self awareness. Um, the storyboarding. Let's talk about that. When they storyboarded it, the the final sequence in the movie, mm-hmm. I was watching that and I was going, "This is very obviously, very thinly veiled what they're a hundred percent going to end yeah. with." And I was sitting there thinking, I did not st- think about that. Okay. Oh, come on, Peter. I was watching that and I was like, this is stupid. I was, I was stewing in my seat. I was like, oh, this is <laughs> stupid. You're just telling me what the ending is. That's dumb. And it was all cliches. I'm like, this is stupid. And then I, you know, flash forward, we're doing the ending and I see it's about to happen. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're going to fucking do it. And I was so excited. <laughs> I saw him, you know, cock the Colt 45 or whatever. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, it's happening. This is great. So I had a complete, you know, twist on that. I thought it was great. Um, what did you guys yeah. think about the story? I liked, I, liked I liked how it played out a little bit differently in the end of the movie. I don't, I'm yeah. trying to remember exactly what the differences are, but it's like, well, who gets shot? is one of them like the mm-hmm. reveal that sam rock was shot again just, a moment that could have been funny but wasn't funny yes i agree um but yeah i yeah, like that it was like the same though, i was genuinely I worried about Sersha <laughs> when that happened i was like please don't die. kill her <laughs> no come on this is not the kind of movie where someone we like dies um, but, but also like that scene like talking uh, going back a little bit to comedy like i find that pretty funny it's like she was, you know, she's the one that had the bloody hand. So I was like, oh, shit, like, fuck, please don't die. And then at the end, it's like, oh, 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 it's actually me. Oh, okay, call an ambulance. <laughs> that, that was that another was scene where I, I felt like it wasn't executed well. I thought it was a funny on paper scene. Okay, I, I liked it. Uh, I, I forget if this is what 20, I feel like 22 Jump Street does this. There's definitely like taking the bullet for me bit, but yeah. I don't know how it plays out. But like the yeah, way I, think, I like, was thinking, he was the way I was thinking like, it would happen, best or like has something in his clothes that blocked the bullet or something. I don't know. But like the You're impact. Twenty two. Yeah, yeah, twenty two. Okay, I don't. Uh, they were like in tank tops. I don't think they were wearing bulletproof. I'm talking about two, the sequel. Okay, yeah, I've not seen that one. I was talking about the OG. Okay. Okay. Um, no, I was thinking of uh, fucking. Oh, so I what I thought would happen was, I thought you'd see Sersha run. And like, I'll stop the bullet. And then I thought it would go like slow motion, which is kind of cliche. And then see, or actually it didn't even have to be slow motion. All it has to be is Swisher runs in, dives, lands, like hurts. Everyone looks at her and then he gets shot anyways. <laughs> right? Like yeah, like yeah. Sam Rockwell gets shot after she's jumped in and fallen yeah. over. That'd be That's funny, I think. And 
I don't know. It, it, eh, whatever. But yeah, like I said, I just, I was mad about it. And then I was like, oh, this is actually kind of funny. Um, yeah. Uh, here's a question for you guys. Who did you think the killer was at different points in the movie? This is always fun for me, just seeing what other people thought, what their okay. process was. Um, so I like I did not realize, but the the main actor of the play actually played the uh, the young guy in fucking Dun- uh, Kingsman. Oh, Kingsman! I was like, I know this guy. I've yeah. seen him before for sure. Yeah. So so that was just a fun little tidbit. But like at the beginning. I thought it was one of the film people. And Which, then... Who were those? Like, there, there were multiple, right? Like, there was the OG, like, the play writer who's not film writer or, like, the film producer. There was the film writer, there was the producer, there was, and and there was obviously Adrian Brody. Yeah, I yeah. So, so I thought it was, like, one of these two. And then afterwards, midpoint, I was pretty convinced that it is sam rockwell but i know it is probably not but like that i still like you know that was a tense scene for me like the whole searcher like thinking it's sam uh and then like the whole chase and everything like that worked brilliantly like for me um and then in the final little bit i still couldn't connect the dots that that it was the usher so i thought it might be like <gasps> the italian guy that um or french dude i, I forgot uh right. that that the uh that the film writer was rooming with because like he was you know all leather jacket on like ready to do business so and the taxidermy thing mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah but, I, like, um... I didn't realize it was the usher until like they pointed it out so yeah Spoiler. That was my... yeah no i mean i uh i thought it was sersha at first <laughs> like in, 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 in the hey, beginning that's wrong <laughs> in, no There's in the no beginning way. of the movie no there are a couple moments where it's like oh but like one of the moments i think and it was one of the moments that was supposed to throw suspicion on sam rockwell but i misinterpreted it <laughs> and, I was like, <laughs> um, and then i thought about more after and i was like no it makes more sense for it to sam rockwell um so then i thought it was sam rockwell up until up until the movie was like clearly expressing that he is a suspect Mm-hmm. um up until and then i was like okay he's, it's not him anymore um yeah. and then as we were going along i think i might have gone back to thinking it was sir shepherd because <laughs> 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 i was like that's gonna be good to um random yeah um i <laughs> thought it was going to be the main actor of the play for a little bit um yeah but then then when we got to the very end i was just kind of like i don't know um, and I was just kind of along for the ride at that point. And I also never thought about the Usher. Like, I, I, okay. I, oh no, no, there was one scene where I did. One is when he's when he's talking to Sersha and Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he, he sort like, of acted suspiciously. Oh, <laughs> that was something. a good Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was and actually it was, like the word, the quote, yeah. Sorry. And it was, t- it was taking into consideration, it was also had to do with like when he got hit like by the head thing and he had the bandage. That was so random yeah, yeah. let's talk about that that happens and yeah. then like nothing of consequence yeah like why did he get bumped on the head what was the point of that happening <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea it seemed I guess like just it to show that he's like mistreated thing. by them but like I don't think it like what the fuck <laughs> what do you mean the only the thing it reminds me of is the the game mouse trap <laughs> in that like you have to land on that final thing and then the thing comes down on the top of the 
mouse yeah. people. Yeah, but yeah, by yeah. by the end of it, I I had no idea it was him until they revealed it. Um, I for the longest time I thought it would be Dickie Attenborough, the main actor. I read into it from the like the beginning. The posters all very prominently show his face, mm-hmm. and you see Sersha looking at his face on the screen. Fuck off, Siri! I swear to God, um, <laughs> I don't know. Is it Sersha? I guess so. No, that didn't do it. Um, anyways, uh, so she's looking at the um, the poster for the thing, and Dickie Attenborough is looking out prominently, and there's no one else on the poster. I was like, oh, it's him, for sure, for sure, it's him. And then when they're in his dressing room, I was like, oh, it totally could be him. They're talking about like, you know, it's, this always happens when it's like love and then it's, they're stewing forever. And I'm like, oh, it seemed like maybe Adrian Brody was going to like do something with a wife, like maybe some, maybe there's an angle there. And so that's who I thought for a while. And then I don't. I don't think I ever seriously thought it was Sam Rockwell's character, but the movie really does want you to think that's the case. Um, and then, yeah, definitely in the second act, I was like, fuck if I know. Like, I was I was just like, yeah, whatever. I have no idea. Um, and then, yeah, I, the, the real killer, I had no idea. There was no, yeah. Um, so as far as murder mysteries go this year, I'm zero for two. Could not guess who it was. Um, let's talk about that midpoint twist, though. Um, up until this point, I was like, this is a really okay, like mid movie. But when they did that, I was like, this is the first interesting thing that they've done. (laughs) And I was so on board. I was like, oh, sorry, let me, let me clarify. This is the, um, the, uh, when Saoirse is like, oh, maybe it's Sam Rockwell who killed the person. That moment was fantastic. I thought it was great. And what I loved about it is that for me, I know, I guess this wasn't your experience, Alex, but it I, it built up in a way, and I guess this wouldn't be your experience if you knew about the mousetrap, but it built up in a way that I thought I was smart for thinking like, oh, it's Sam Rockwell. Like I thought up until, yeah. and then it's like slowly giving you more clues and then it gives you more clues and you're like, oh, like it movie mm-hmm. wanted me to think that and it actually got me. I actually did think that in like a subtle way. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was actually built up to you really well. Peter. Yes. We still here. You still here. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. What you guys have said. Um. That's all. Just a silent support. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um. I really like the bit where she's looking at the coat rack, and then it like pushes in, yeah. and then I think it, there's like fast cuts to something else. I don't remember what it is, but that moment, I was like, "Oh, this is great." They directed the hell out of this. And I mean, this is the first time the editing is really good too. So I was really impressed with that. And then, yeah, it just kicks off um, the second half of the movie, which is like head and shoulders above the first yeah. half. Um, it, yeah. If, if the whole movie was like the second half, the second half, um, I might've even given another half star. It was still pretty like weak, but at least the energy was there. Totally. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I, I agree. Yeah. After that point, it, it picked up a lot. I, I think it was a lot uh, more fun. Um, and then uh, then they go, they do a dream sequence. And yeah. At first, uh, and again, another thing where I was like, 
This is so interesting. Another fantastic creative choice that was like seemingly no creative choices in the first half. Um, and it seems like at first I was like, they're okay. They're like in Narnia or something <laughs> like that's That's what I kept thinking. And then it's like, they're in the shining. I'm almost yeah. certain that was a shining callback. Yeah. And a, I, it's weird I had thought it's not like in the same genre. And I would thought earlier in the movie, like when they're walking around the halls, I was like, Oh, this is like the shining. I had thought that earlier in the movie too. And when they got to that, I was like, Oh, it's like the shining again. And then when they, <laughs> when they go to the matter at the end and it's like snowing and I was like, Oh, it's like the shining again. <laughs> I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was intentional. You sound like a guy who's only seen one movie. Have you seen that? You go see any other movie. Like, oh man, this is like The Shining. I saw there was, there was this tweet that was quote tweeting. The original tweet was Quentin Tarantino's son has only seen Despicable Me too. And there was a <laughs> quote, there was a quote tweet of that where it was like Quentin Tarantino's son watching his second movie. Like, mm, this is giving Despicable Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, the dream sequence, man. I thought that was great. And I thought but I felt like there was so much cut out of it. Did you get that impression that there was like five minutes cut out of that? Mm, I mean there's the deliberate jump cuts to make it feel like it's a dream, which yeah. I I was okay with, but I mean I also would have just liked liked it playing out. I'm not I don't in that particular instance, I don't know that I loved the jump cut, even though like it, it did work. Yeah, to me, um, it didn't feel like it was planned before editing that they were going to do that. I yeah, feel like just, they filmed the scene and then were like, oh, we need to cut time and then jump cut. I would, I could even extrapolate that idea and say that I think this movie could have been like even 10 minutes, maybe not 10 minutes, that's so much, but like like quite a bit longer. And yes, then they sure. were like, okay, this movie's not going to do anything at the box office and it's like an okay movie. So I need you to shave off however many minutes to get it to a point where people are like, well, it's a low time commitment. So yeah. why, why not? Right. And that's how they decided they were going to compete this weekend for like a, a crazy weekend too. Like if you put this out any other weekend, they might've stood a better chance too. Um, but yeah. So I, honestly, they wouldn't like surprise me, I guess. Um, what else? There's also, the bit where he's not wearing any trousers. I thought that was pretty, that was kind of funny. Again, yeah. not execution, really important. Took me a second to be like, oh yeah, he's not wearing any pants. Um, usually something that I'd be like, so on board for. I love it. You know, <laughs> you no love pants, guys not wearing no pants. pants joke is funny. Um, <laughs> my humor is very basic. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and then... I just have next. The next thing I've written down is disjointed ending. Ending. Sorry. Does someone want to explain what that was supposed to mean? Uh, yeah. Well, that was like. Did you guys not feel like when they get the invitations to go to the manor at the end and they're playing up at the manor? Maybe I missed something, but I was like, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, I, I understand that's what you might I, have been talking about. I understand that it's like an allusion to the play. I get that, but I was like, in terms of like what this story has brought up like i thought like like this is just like a new location we haven't heard anything about like i know agatha christie has been talked about but i didn't think mm -hmm. she would be this important to the movie in the end 
Um, and I also felt that way about the final reveal of who the killer was. I was Let's, like, okay, we'll say we'll save that bit. So yeah. for your first point though. I, My first point, I definitely I th- agree. Yeah. yeah. I thought the ending just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, this is like, I, I understand it's supposed to be a typical whodunit thing, but I was like, yeah, this is just weird. I feel like we should have gotten some setup to this. Like we heard, we should have known from the beginning, like, oh, we're having this like dinner at whatever or something. Like that should- You know, flash us the invites. Like if that's yeah. an important prop, like that's something I should have seen ages ago, not right at the end. No, yeah. I definitely agree. Um. I don't think I noticed it in the movie, but definitely like shortly afterwards, I'm, I I think I was like, yeah, it was kind of weird that I didn't know that this was going to happen. Like, it seems like an important part of the plan. And usually in these kinds of things, like you want to set up all the bits and then they all amount to something later that you didn't expect. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I agree with what you were saying. Um, but I, uh, and I think it was good that um, Agatha Christie wasn't involved before then. Um, so like that was fine that she was left out and like you don't see her for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, another instance where knowing what the mousetrap is about yeah. would have helped, would have meant like the Snowden Manor would have meant more to me. Yeah. I, I mean, like you kind of get the idea that's what it is from when you see the set, the play set, but yeah. uh, I, it wasn't enough. Like, you know, if I knew that that's where the whole play is set and the significance of that would have meant more. Do we think that there was more of the play shown that got cut when we're on the mm. topic of things that got cut? Because I feel like that's such an essential thing that we needed to see more of the play. And I feel like it's crazy to the point where I feel like any filmmaker would have been like, yeah, we need more of the play in here. I'm going to say something crazy. I don't think so. I don't think really? there was much more of the play. No. Um, I could see how that would be the first thing to get cut, but I think it's one of those things where they're like, Either you've seen it and you'll get it, or if you haven't seen it, you don't need to have seen it. So I'm not going to like to try and bother to explain it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but before then, sorry, I'm trying to. Th- I have got like a blank space space between when they show up at the door and when Sam Rockwell wakes up. Oh, he so he wakes up in jail, and he's like, "That's not my wife." them my wife <laughs> sorry yeah um, those are those then, bits those are those bits we need <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the bit bit that's what worked this episode um he wakes up and i think then then they're doing their sleuthing separate um and then they tr- they think it's the italian guy for a second and that could have been like a really interesting character, but we only see him again for like 20 seconds. Yeah. And I don't know what his deal is, but he's just like a red herring. That's I think kind of obviously a red herring because we don't know anything about him. Yeah. Uh, and then well, we like, don't know anything about the usher either, which is also kind of annoying that yeah, I thought that was a seen him in one or two yeah. scenes, but I mean, he's not in no scenes, but I mean, I probably would have preferred to have seen him a little more. Again, ensemble cast that we don't see enough. Well, I mean, um, it's that and also I felt like it's such a cheap, like, I mean, I guess it, it will make more sense to people who know the play, but it feels really cheap if you've never seen the play yeah, before. Yeah, no, um, it's not as cheap as if it was like someone we'd never met, but um, yeah. but it, it almost feels that way because it's such a side character, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure is the point, but. Uh, there's, I, I remembered what my point was. I was kind of meandering through the plot trying to remember, but 
Um, at one point, I think it's Search. No, I have no idea who it was. Someone says that the killer or whoever called or something had an interesting accent and they sounded like the village idiot. And then the characters are like, I know who that is. And I go, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I briefly thought of the usher because I was like, well, he's dumb, but he doesn't like sound that you dumb. Th- like, okay. I'm, I'm, I did not even like that was nowhere near my headspace. The first person I thought of was Adrian Brody. I thought maybe he had a twin. That's where my mind went to. I thought maybe there was a twin brother that we didn't know about. Because then they start talking about the brother situation. And I was like, oh, maybe he's a surviving brother. I was like, oh, that's a brother thing. And this Adrian Brody and their secret twins. And like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a really messy idea. But he faked his death. He hit himself with the skis. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the village idiot thing was like, and then I thought it was the Italian. I was like, and yeah. even they're like, do you mean Italian? And no, not Italian, village idiot. <laughs> um, not a helpful hint, I'd say. No. But I guess, maybe, I guess. Maybe if you're British, it's a more helpful hint because maybe his accent is. Peter, uh, was that a helpful hint to you uh, being almost British? No. 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 And also, I like to say I am not almost British. That is it. <laughs> What's the not lie. almost British? Um, honorary. That's what I was thinking. You're honorary British. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> don't say on me. It wasn't a. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> okay. I, did, I, um, I, 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 I didn't know we'd get this person on this box. Sorry. Well, Jesus we Christ. have to. We have to get more. <laughs> um. Oh fuck! What was I thinking about? I think maybe that what they were referring to was uh, just the way he bumbled through his um, when they were interrogating him. He was like, "Yeah, it was a guy with average height and average weight, mm-hmm. and he was wearing what you were wearing." Like, I'm sure it was that scene where they're like, "Oh, yeah. he's a moron." Um, but yeah, and then uh, then it turns out it was him, and Aiden thought that was disjointed because we didn't know who he was. Yeah. Right. I sure did. That was, that was it. Yeah, you've hit the you've hit the nail. You've hit yeah with the uh, the hammer or something. I've hit the nail or with some <laughs> other instrument. Yeah. Who knows? It could have been anything. Um, actually, on this point, I was kind of surprised that we never do like a flashback sequence or something to mm-hmm. the real case. Like it yeah. seems like something like almost like a Gordy moment, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Nope more later, but. Um, it feels like there should have been a moment where we're like, let's talk about what the show is based on, the real case. Because it's, again, it seems like one of those things like like they're talking about something that they think I should know. Mm-hmm. or And yeah. it was such a throwaway line that it feels like you should know about it or that it's not important. But when it becomes yeah. important, it feels like I should have known about it. Yeah, when he was talking about the brother, I was like, man, like I vaguely remember it. Like there was something about this, but... I was like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, really. And and they keep talking. The The thing that's so confusing to me is that they're like, yeah, it was two boys. They say it was two boys, as in, like, children. And that's what the play is based on. And the one thing I was thinking about with this movie is, okay, so you're saying the case is about two boys. And then I look at the play, and there's no children in sight. It's yeah. only old people. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. how is this based on... 
the thing. And so I was really confused and I had to look up and I was like, oh, because that was the, you know, inciting incident that took years prior to the, the events of the play, right? Like that's backstory. Um, and yeah, I looked into it actually, the real story. And it is a real, real story. Like it's not real in the oh, yeah. show. Like it's also real in real life. Um, and it's dark. It's like um, abusive foster parents and some kid died. And um, and then, yeah, it's, it's pretty well exactly what plays out in the movie. Um, which now that I think of it is actually kind of interesting because the movie's trying to be like, maybe we shouldn't exploit people's yeah. trauma. And then they're like, actively doing that again yeah <laughs> like they're compounding the effect of the mousetrap yeah yeah so, no i yeah so let's get into that actually um i thought this movie like at the end was trying to be like nope like how exploiting people's trauma for you know for uh um for mystery and stuff is like bad and maybe we shouldn't do that and then it just did not even try to do that for any other part of the movie yeah, I thought about that for a second, too, in that scene. And then I was just like, okay, but... Like, I had the same sort of thought process where I was like, well, what is... Like, how are you making that point? Because, like, you're doing the same thing. Like, um, and then I also, like... Oh, fuck, I had another point. What was it? For someone else, go. I'll think of it. I don't think so, to be honest. Like, I think if you read too much into it, then you're just, like... You're just sort of pushing things that the movie's not trying to do on the movie. So then what do you think the movie is about? Because I think that's an open question, and I think there's a lot of things it could be about. Um, well, I think this movie is about the capacity for change, I feel like. At least, like, it's probably, it's really highlighted in the two main characters, like okay. Sam Rockwell. I'd like you to elaborate on this. Sam Rockwell stepping up and actually, you know, instead of, like, because, like, he was, like, his mind was not in the case at all. And also, like, obviously, like, he's um, looking down on Sersha, you know, being a new police officer and all. And then he turned that relationship upside down into really caring for her and about the case. And obviously, like, Sersha, of her slowly maturing and becoming a better police officer in the process. Okay, I want to counterpoint while I still remember this. So the Sersha thing, I agree. Counterpoint. I don't think Sam Rockwell changes in this movie or if he does, like it's, we don't get to see it happen because what happens, the way I see it is here's a guy who's drunk and sad and then accuses him of being a murderer. (laughs) And that's not the case. He wakes up in a jail cell and it's like, well, fuck you. He keeps going on and solves the case. Having Mm. not changed in order to do so. Right. Like, it's not like, it's not like he. Um, I think it's less so about the case or, solving know? aspect. I guess it is because, like, at first he didn't really care about the case, but like, uh, I think it's more about his relationship between Sersha, you know, between him and Sersha. Does does that change? maybe? Yeah, like, well, they, like, dude, they're like friends. Doesn't give a he didn't give a shit about her at the. Beginning. Well, they're like they're separate for a long time. No, like he thought and then. He I mean, thought he was, of okay. her as a hindrance, and she thought of him as a hindrance in a midpoint as well. When like you know, but they don't was, come like, back going... together until the like the very climax where he, she saves him from a bullet, right? Like they're. Mm, they're I feel like there's enough for me. She accuses him of murder, that. and then they're separate all the way until he is shot. 
Yeah, the change occurs. I think there is a change in their relationship, but I think it occurs after where it should. Like, and or that it's not built up to, right? Because I think you're right, Alex, that he doesn't have to change to finally solve the problem. It's just his change is more like, oh, Cersei's is not that bad. <laughs> and it's just like something that happens at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, thanks for pushing me out of the way of the bullet. But also you didn't do that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Because like they could have done something about like, like you could make a point like, well, if Sam Rockwell had done his job better, or had like been more attentive or like been caring more then he wouldn't have misled like Sersha if he was a better teacher then Sersha would have not jumped to that conclusion and wouldn't like you know what I mean like if he actually was more involved but I don't think it and then like that would foster into like he would have to realize that in the end that like oh this was kind of my fault that Sersha wound up making this mistake but I don't think that the movie really did that and I think it like I think that's how you make that beat work better is that like he it's like he has to initially he's pissed at Sersha for accusing him but he comes to realize that it was kind of his fault in some way or that he could have done something better um but that didn't really happen yeah I think yeah, for I him that, that's a good, for him that's to, a good point mm. for him to change he needs to have I, okay I, I hesitate to say this but you need for him to change he needs to have number one flaws which he he does. I mean, I think he drinks a bit too much and probably shouldn't be drinking on the job. Um, but it kind of doesn't... doesn't hinder his investigation. Right? Like, it seems yeah. like he's still more or less competent and definitely more competent than Sersha. And it never leads him in the wrong direction either. Yeah. Whereas, again, I have to think about it, but Ryan Gosling in The Nice Guys, he's drinking 100% gets in the way of the investigation to hilarious effect. Have you seen the nice guys, Aiden? I have not. I'm going to push this on you. Peter's like, I, oh, not again. Like I, it's, uh, I've heard great things and it's on the list, but yeah. It's it's one of my favorite movies. As I said, it's on the profile or whatever, but I, I adore that movie. I will stop talking about it though. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it though, go check it out. It's fantastic. Um, Aiden, what did you... So, we heard Peter thinks it's about capacity for change. Aiden, what did you think this movie was trying to be about? Um, I th like. I mean, I had the same thought of you briefly at the end, where, like, I thought maybe he was trying to talk about um, exploiting trauma and stuff. And I thought that, like... Then I was thinking, like, well, maybe there's a point to why the ushers in the background, that it's, like, we're focusing on this cabal of characters who are talking about ultimately frivolous things when it's like a real life and death traumatic um event that is connecting all of them but i really don't think the movie was ultimately trying to make a point about that right and to be honest yeah. i don't think the movie was ultimately trying to make a point at all i think it was really yeah. trying to just I be agree. a fun a yes. fun whodunit i thought it was supposed to like give you laughs have these quirky characters you have ensemble cast which it didn't wind up executing very well. But I don't think that it was trying to get in anything deeper. I think, and I don't think it needed to either. I think where this movie would have found some depth was fleshing out characters more and seeing more character interaction. And that's not necessarily thematic, but I think that's where the depth should have been in this movie. That's very well said. I, <clears throat> I agree. I think, I think in the end, the movie doesn't have anything to say. 
And I disagree. I think in order to be a good movie, I think a movie does need to be saying something. And I think that just comes hand in hand with a character having an arc. Like when a character has an arc, like that's usually tied with a theme of some sort. So if they had fleshed it out, like, because what I was thinking could possibly be a theme that is sort of like in the orbit of the movie is moving forward after after loss because there's this idea of like the shadow of world war ii you know only a few years prior and you know search has lost her husband um and uh sam rockwell got injured and he lost his wife um not to the war but um infidelity or whatever and the usher loses his brother right so everyone's lost something and so the seeds are there for like something to be said about that and that could even be tied into like how we deal with that trauma and so like the usher went the wrong way with that you know Sam Rockwell's been drinking I mean Saoirse isn't really doing anything um thematically in that zone but she can at least relate to it uh and they did nothing with it so what the fuck you know um yeah yeah it's it's like I said before it's disappointing when this movie could have been so much better if you know someone had maybe helped out the screenwriter and given it another draft another go around i agree i don't know or maybe they killed it in the edit who knows it was a fox searchlight movie which as far as like corporate shenanigans go i feel like that's on like the lower end yeah i think they take their hand off their hand off a little bit on that one because that's supposed to be the mm. the division that finds cool indie director and right you know yeah. like yeah so you you wouldn't think that they would meddle so maybe there were no meddling kids this time um do you have any other thoughts about uh the movie anything else you want to say final words i think we've tackled just about everything i want to talk about Peter, Peter. <laughs> when I told when I told you to do Peter Griffin, that I didn't even make the connection that that's your name. Peter, you didn't get that. <laughs> no, no, I was just Peter. saying a person. Yeah, um, I think like... that's about it for me too. I think okay. yeah, it's just fun little movie, you know. It's a fun little movie. Yeah. It's like a little it's a snack. Romp. It's a romp. Um, so let's get to our titular segment. Oh yeah! Oh my god, um, I'm actually excited about this. You're excited about this one? I don't yeah. know where this is going to go. Um, predator versus movies, the name of the podcast. The Let's most put that segment. fucking predator in that fucking movie. Let's go. <laughs> um, would this movie have been better if Predator, the alien, was in it? I'm going to say, like, objectively, no. But, like, <laughs> could, could it have been, like, funny if he was in? And, like, again, I always propose, like, the same thing. Or if it's just, like, predators in the background hunting, like, one of the characters. Like, I think that would, that would be funny. Yeah. I think it would be, like, um, it would be, like, a hot fuzz third act situation. Where, like, oh, the third act is, is just crazy, completely yeah. different from the rest yeah. of the movie. And the third act is just, like, a battle between predator and everyone else (laughs) yeah this is surprisingly the first movie that we've done where i'm actually like at a loss like i have no idea (laughs) because it's i don't know maybe it's because it's a period piece where it's like you know 1950s i don't know 
Oh, I had a thought. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I was just thinking like this, you know, the stupidness of the comedy. So I just keep thinking of a predator slipping on a banana peel. But like, that's not really like... <laughs> what? That's kind of a disjointed idea. <laughs> Dude, know, you know like... it'd be so fucking funny if during the hallway sequence with all the doors, Predator just walks across in the background <laughs> for one of them. <laughs> like he's on the prowl for something else. <laughs> I think realistically, if Predator was in this movie, he'd just be on the movie set, you know? Like he'd just be like a character in costume. Yeah. But that's not fun. That's not a fun thing. Bro, we want the real Predator vibe. None of that fake shit. Oh, fuck! We didn't talk about the affair at all. I thought, like, the whole affair shit was hilarious. How, like, the movie producer oh, had to, yeah. like, hide his lover when his wife was around. <laughs> Just drops her on the ground. Oh, oh what are you doing there? That's pretty funny. Uh, Again, it, Sean, or however you say her name, a great actor. Wish she was in this more. Mm. Um, all right, let's yeah. talk about Rex. That was the most, that was the least interesting Predator versus movies. <laughs> Damn. Whatever. Doesn't always work. You win um, some, you win some. You win some, you lose some. Uh, recommendations. Let's go. Um, let's hear it from Peter. Peter! Okay. Um, That's my I just person. watched this movie and I've, um, <laughs> I've talked to some friends. I'm surprised that there are people who still haven't seen Knives Out, but watch Knives Out. It's good. It's worth the hype. It better lives up this. to it. And yeah. uh, the sequel does everything this movie does better. Yeah, and apparently the sequel is even better, and it's coming out later this year. So watch it. Get get, get acquainted. Anna yeah. Armas is in it. Uh, the late oh, Christopher yeah. Palmer also in it. Fantastic actor. Uh, Chris the, Evans. The, Chris Evans with this I'm not lovely like, sweater that apparently Alex owns a replica of. <laughs> not a replica. I own the H&M one that was clearly giving an homage to okay. the look. Um, and also, of course, our favorite uh, Southern detective, Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig. <laughs> doing a Southern Daniel accent. It was I forgot funny, about it. Also, I, uh, I tried doing his accent earlier today for some reason. I forget why. And I was like, I, I can't do it. But it was like... I, I forgot how fond I was of that movie. Yes. And also, man, just watch it for the donut scene, bro. You guys don't know You've what lost I'm talking me. about. <laughs> I, 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 you said, you said donut scene. scene. The first thing that popped in my head was Jack and Jill. <laughs> You've also lost me. I don't, work, I don't have like a file of yeah, the donut scene in my head. I've never seen Oh that. my god. That's not a donut scene. Yeah, it's but the it's Dunkin' Donuts. Scene. Yeah. Well, like, anyways, the donut scene was... What's my name? There's, like, a donut hole, and we finally found, like, the... the but we, we thought oh, we found the metaphor. to fill the donut hole, but it's just another donut. Was it even smaller donut hole? It's, there, it's, a, it's a verbal donut. They're not actually talking. There's no physical donut. No, so there's it's no not There's no picture donut. associated with it that looks yeah. like a donut. That's why I'm confused. For mm-hmm. both of your references, by the way, neither of them have actual donuts in them. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyways, it's something Benoit Blanc, Blanc says. He's like, I'm going to try and do the accent. Oh my god. He's I'm doing gonna try it. it. Another it's, bit. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Okay. How do you do a southern accent? I get, I, I get like, like as soon as I try to do it, I'm like, I can't do it. Um, what was it? Donut? It's not the, the donut. There's like a donut inside the donut. and But it's more as like a drawl. 
He's like a, a drawl. He's like the the donut in the donut hole and there's a timbit and but we don't know what a timbit is and <laughs> it's not the hole, it's the timbit, but the hole in the timbit and this is the worst accent I've ever done. Bro, you sounded so sounding kinda like uh, <laughs> like comfort like not a like Charles Foster Kane at the end there. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, my accents aren't always as bad. I can do better ones. Um, it's for the bit, guys. I'm sacrificing <laughs> myself for the bit. But yeah, great movie. Um, anything else, Peter? Is there a certain show that you've been watching that you want to talk about again? We have more time this time. Um, not Let's open that House of Dragons can of worms. I'm, I'm honestly <laughs> goading him at this point. Like, Let's get some more good content in here. Honestly, honestly not really. Um... I'm uh, I'm gonna watch She-Hulk, which you want to talk about? Shulk, uh, Shulky. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, not, I've I've not been consuming as much content lately. I do want to do Sandman at some point because I heard a lot of great things yeah. about it. I heard that was good. Yeah. Cool. But so, okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make you do this bit. Um, you did watch the House of the Dragon this week. I did. Okay. And okay, <laughs> let's let's be very clear. We're gonna get into spoiler territory. I'm not fighting you on the same thing. I'm not gonna dredge up old stuff. This episode of House of the Dragon. This is number four. Um, you know, time of recording. We haven't seen the newest one. That's coming out tomorrow. Um, episode four was the best episode so far. I think. Um, I thought, and I, Aiden knows, I mentioned this in class, um, the direction, like almost immediately, I was like, oh, this is a new director because it was so substantially better than any of the previous episodes that were like pretty boring and standard TV, uh, direction. And then this one, I was just like, oh, this is so much better. Um, and then spoiler warning. And then suddenly we get into like a steamy brothel where uncle and niece are like making out and then like you know doing the do and i'm like i don't like this one anymore this is no longer my favorite episode um just really gross stuff and i think um if you're not a fan of incest that's okay you can watch the show and be like i don't like this anymore and that's a valid response i think that's my takeaway from this last episode best episode and worst episode Simultaneously. Peter? Yes. No thoughts? Head empty? Well, again, like... Uh, I want to so hear your takes. For, That's for, what for the... context, for context, we discussed this uh, well, I know. outside yeah. the podcast. But, like, my point has always been that this show is meant to showcase a period in Targaryen history where um, uh, the the sort of like the challenge to tradition versus the uh the stability of power is very much like in the center of the show so like i think this show takes what i like most about game of thrones which is like the political struggle of the politicians and also how like smart and very devious individuals try to use to try to manipulate um manipulate uh like assassinate i guess as well uh, like a uh, like bunch of bad doing bunch of bad things in order to put 
people that are either their heir or like their their relatives onto the throne or somewhere in power and i think the show's done a brilliant job setting that up so far and um me personally i'm a big lore person and uh i've read up on a lot of game of thrones lores so it's been very enjoyable to watch for me personally yeah peter's peter's kind of a lore guy yeah the dude Uh, is into lore and and so I think like so far it's done a very good job. Um, uh, all of these are real Targaryen like things that George uh, Targaryens do in George R. R. Martin's world, and um, like lore, for example, like, the bo- lore wise, this show is like on the ball. They've they've been yes. doing the lore. Yes. they took the uh, Wikipedia and also, it's article really and then they um, just filmed it. Uh, in a revolutionary it's only, process, it's they only actually one just filmed the Wikipedia of, uh, George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood, but they expanded on it heavily in order to make these characters more human and more relatable, while sticking with the uh, the, the, the 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 world and uh, their motivations, which I think is really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, coming back to the brothel thing, I think that scene was actually really interesting. Like looking <laughs> at it, obviously, like your first sense is like, "Wow, it's incest." But if you look, take a step back, <laughs> there's so many different factors at play here. That's very interesting. So uh, before they enter the brothel, Damon takes off Rhaenyra's disguise and his disguise as well, which like a lot of people and me, myself included interpret it as Damon wants other people to see it. Damon wants Viserys to know that his daughter is being violated oh not violated i should kind of did that voluntarily uh her, her daughter is losing her virginity like here which is terrible for a princess because you know marriage equals power equals stability etc and he wants to force viserys hands to marry Rhaenyra to him so he can be the uh the husband of the princess who is the heir of the throne. That's his playful okay, power. Okay, I have, a, I have so, an honest an honest question. When they break the news to King Viserys later, mm-hmm. yes. is his reaction, he gets angry. Is he mm-hmm. only angry because she's no longer the, you know, virgin that could be sacrificed or whatever? Um, oh, or, no, no, no. Okay. Or is he so, also mad that his brother fucked there, his daughter? Because that's kind of fucked up. There are, there are two parts. So, what Alex has mentioned about like the version to be sacrificed, which is not sorry, that was a that yeah. was a, a not um, even a it's, joke. But, uh, it's yeah. he's referring to the prophecy of Azura High, which is uh, oh my prince- god, there's a prophecy I didn't even know. I was just talking about like the other reason virgins are a big thing, you know, because like okay. sacrifice. Oh, I guess vampires too. That's another thing. Um, I think he's sort of confusing a couple things. So Azura High is the prince, uh, the prince that was prophet promised, which is the uh, I have no the idea guy that's supposedly gonna slay the Night King, uh, so he's pretty much he's he told Renera Viserys told Renera that uh, your your one of one day like uh, an heir of yours will become the prince that's promised, and like that has nothing to do. With I'm confused. Virgin, the person who so. kills the Night King, from what I recall, is Was not Arya a virgin from... and not related to Targaryen. Yeah, so, so like I'm lost. Um, like, like it's sort of their way to tie this show into the main show, to tie this show sure, into whatever. Game of Thrones, which I don't think they need to do that because this story is relatively self-contained because it's just a period in history that we're, that we're it's revisiting. It's also 
It's also um, weird that they would want to do that when they set it 200 years in advance or like prior to the show. Mm-hmm. You'd yeah. think that by doing that, they would not want to, like they'd want to isolate themselves because that's like, what they've done. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like it's a brand, it's a whole new cast of uh, actors anyways. And like it's characters that we've never seen before. So um, Characters we've never seen before, but who are very much just... Um, regurgitations of characters we know from the original series sort of yeah sort of uh, um i think if anything that prophecy uh some people like uh, justified it by saying that like targaryen's conquest is not just for power and just for to control it's also because they want to ensure that the white workers defeated which is like a neat way to explain it but i don't read it by it personally like i think also like really the white they talk so. about the white walkers but they're also like not a threat and not even like seen or mentioned in the show yeah, so yeah, yeah. i don't understand like, why that's the show a is not meant to be about that like, it's, it's more like a it's like a side quest in a video game almost like the main the main story is about the struggle for power and the targaryen throne so and that's mm. what they're focusing on but 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 like um i think the show is like fine like um like uh, a lot of people think like it's it's a little bit boring in earlier episodes just because like they need to Me. set a lot of things but, up in order for us to get to the dance of the dragon which is the targaryen civil war which is coming up i think this week if not soon next week. yeah and they're uh, also like they're gonna age out the characters yeah it's a I, it's a real i quite like uh um, the that's a, exactly the, what i'm thinking i don't think they had to do that i think that was a weird choice where they're like we're gonna show this in like snapshots where every episode mm-hmm. is a series of months or years between each other yes it's not working for me i mean you could like i think a show could do that and make it like a thing but i think it just speaks to how there's not enough interesting things going on where they have to be like it also you know what it also reads like lore so instead of being like okay, here's a story where, you know, everything that happens means something pretty quickly. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Um, In most, sorry, in most like dramatic works, there's this idea of unity of three things, unity of action, of place, and time. So this is getting into film bro stuff. Not film bro, like film school stuff. So, I mean, when you get into like a limited series or television show, it's really hard to keep up with unity of place like you know people are going to move around um unity of action is important that just means characters have a singular goal that they're trying to achieve and i think house of the dragon is more or less trying to do that but unity of time is definitely being betrayed here and it's frustrating because it feels like like the wikipedia lore being turned into a script in that you know when you write out lore you're picking out the most important events over the course of several years right when George R. R. Martin wrote it, he was like, yeah, over the course of 20 years, these are the most important events, and they all were spaced out because that's how events work. But when you try to put that into a TV show format, it shows because it's like, yeah, you cut out like several months where nothing happened, and it just means that like there's no drive to the story, you know? Uh, I agree, I but also the um, one of the things that, uh, well, the, one of my favorite uh, breakdown channels that I watch personally, it's his name is Ultra FX. Uh, he oh, yeah. he does amazing breakdown videos on uh, House of Dragon and Game of Thrones, Westworld stuff in general. 
he um he like i have never read the book he like he helps me to sort of connect this with the stuff in the book and they did do a lot of work in order to build, let these characters feel rich and develop which is something they did not do in the book and the time skip thing um i think your point is valid that you know like it would be lovely to see like more downtime not just important events but also they're trying to get to a point where they can actually start the dance of the dragon like if you if you if they do it your way then they will spend the entire first season doing setup and then the second season will be the official dance of the dragon which a lot of people like modern viewers especially might not have the patience for the other thing that um that uh, um that you mentioned like this episode being better than the previous two like uh he all ship x mentioned a previous three sorry um all ship x mentioned the point that um like hbo thinks or like the director or the showrunner thinks that it's important to have action in every single episode because that is sort of like what makes uh like uh game of thrones game of thrones is like violence sex like all that right and also like actions uh captures modern viewers right like a lot of people um go to movies, go go see TV shows just for, like, the action scene. And, like, if the action scene doesn't happen or, like, doesn't happen to, like, the final moment, which is sort of what happened with, like, WandaVision, people go in expecting, like, a superhero type of show, but then it, they did not get what they get, and, like, a lot of people didn't like that because of that. I would say that most people, like, the, the popular <laughs> opinion on WandaVision was that what they were doing up until the ninth episode was good, and those are the bits where there was no action. Okay, and in okay. the ninth yeah. episode... Where they said, "Okay, now here's your superhero sky beam battle." People were like, "This sucks. This is yeah. like objectively a garbage way to end the show." Yeah, like so. I don't think I don't think what you're saying applies to everything. Yeah, yeah. Like um, lot lot of lot of audience members, I think, like just prefer like some action mix in there. And I yeah, agree with audi- you. Like, audience members also have that with incest too. They're like, they're going the <laughs> movies and they're like, yeah. like they, they it's like, yeah, but but there wasn't any incest. So it's like, in a sense, hey, like the show dude, runners all do thing is like, it, Unfortunately, dude. that is, that is uh, the way George R. R. Martin wrote the story. And, you know, like, uh, and technically, okay, it is interesting that, you know, this is very involved, but also it does make sense very because, involved. um, Targaryen blood a lot about gives that. you uh, gives you the ability to ride dragons. So and dragons are powerful, right? Dragons are like nuclear weapons in the world, based pretty much. So if you like allow like you know this bloodline to spread out, then the more people will have the ability to ride dragons, which will undermine the power of the Targaryen house. So. It okay, is an sure. uncomfortable fact that, you know, P- Targaryen people do that, but also it sort of makes sense politically. So, Okay, I am hereby yeah. decreeing that we end this conversation yes. because I'm falling asleep <laughs> at the wheel. I felt I'm like I'm just going to turn clear. into a lore dump. <laughs> yeah, it was a lore. We're getting into lore dump territory. That, that's yeah. the new section. That's the new segment of the pod. The, lore dump. House <laughs> of Dragons lore dump, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to say one more thing about House of the Dragons, but it's not a lore dumb thing. The one, one of the biggest issues I have with the show is just what I feel is a miscast situation. I think the guy who plays King Viserys just does not have a Game of Thrones face. And like, that's not bro, anything. that's a personal issue, bro. <laughs> that's not anything that he can change. So it's not his fault. And I like, you know, if he, 
dude who's playing King Viserys. Wait, let me check his name. Was that Matt you know Smith? No, it's Paddy Constantine. Oh, wow, that was fast. Yeah. I'm not even gonna verify verify that. So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take your word on that. What was it? Paddy. Oh, Paddy, Paddy, if you're one of our ten listeners, <laughs> I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. This is not directed at you. This is more just like a casting thing. King Viserys looks like he knows what Burger King is. <laughs> he's got a face where it looks like he's had a cheeseburger in his life. And that's like, I'm not shaming him any. I think part of it is just the stubble. Like it gives very much like dad energy. It doesn't give like king energy, you know? And I know that he's supposed to be this king who's not like a great king, but also just like every other cast member I've seen in a Game of Thrones project, I've been like, yeah, they look like they could be in medieval times. It looks like, uh, I don't know, what's a medieval thing? It looks like they know that the Black Plague is like a thing and they're scared of the rats or whatever. <laughs> but like, Patty Constantine is like, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for me. Um, but let's move on. So is that all for your Rex? That was like 20 minute of your... I guess that was partly me. I goaded you into that, but any other thing to wreck, Peter? Uh, that will be all. That yeah. would that would be all. Okay, Aiden. Sorry. Finally, it's your time. Thanks yeah, for patiently no waiting. No, I, I I I <laughs> talk too down. much. I talk too much during the main segment, so it has to balance out in some places. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get some Peter some quality Peter time on this. Um, Rex, did I talk about eight and a half last week? I can't remember. No, 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 you haven't. Oh, I uh, I watched Eight and a Half by Federico Fellini. Um, Fellini, the big, hey, big Fellini, Fellini guy. Fellini. Uh, no, not even. Who, uh, I hate Fellini. Yeah, <laughs> you not hate Fellini? Fan. Really? What does he so, do? What's it? What's his stuff again? Can you remember? So the only other one I had seen before this was Toby Dammit. Um, which oh, was part I, of Dead, which I, I love. Straight up hate that movie. I or it's love a short, it's a short Toby movie. Dammit. It's like when, forty minutes. I won't say his name, but when our film prof in intro showed that movie, I was like, it was like a fever dream situation where I just like, I could not stand what I was watching. It drove me insane. I'm not a big fan of like surrealist things. I'm, I'm pretty it. vanilla with that. Like I, I really do prefer narrative. That's sure. just me. But. Yeah, I, I love Toby Dammit. I, I love that movie a lot. I remember uh, in my experience, an intro was that like, when I was like the movies that they showed throughout history, I was like, man, these suck. And then we got to Toby Dam, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is a good one. I like this one. Um, that's the other thing. That's sorry. That's the other thing. We had two separate classes where they streamed the entire movie. It was in intro and in history of film. Oh yeah, two like two years, like a year apart, but still, I was like, again, I hate this movie. So I just I didn't watch it the second time. Sorry, continue. <laughs> But I, th I think the movie's great. But I, I watched Eight and a Half, which is another Fellini movie. This is a Fellini feature. Um, and there was a lot I really liked about it. I would need to see it again. It was definitely like, it was one of those movies where every single shot had a lot of intention behind it. And I love seeing that. And it's like, it's always surprising, I think, considering a lot of how modern movies are to see that when you're like, oh my God, like there was so much care put into this. Um, I, I really, really liked the movie. I, I liked a lot about the movie. Um, and that one yeah, was before the, Toby Dammit, right? It's I, in that I'm, era. He's already, this is in his like surrealist, like he's gone, 
he's maybe fir- yeah. he's firmly away from uh his like somewhat neorealist roots at this point yeah. but um it's around that time it's still black and white okay. so it, uh, i don't know but um i yeah i mean I, I thought it was beautiful in a lot of ways like beautifully shot did a um, single tear fall from your eye as you were watching by any chance no but i i did uh, i enjoyed it quite a bit and yeah, I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's looking for a more experimental kind of strange experience um, in a movie. Um, yeah, other than that, I have a I have a music rep- rep- recommendation. I uh, Good, I, started let's listening, hear it. I started listening to Tierra Whack. Um, who, That's who Whack. Was, what What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, who's that? Name. Um, she's a rapper and singer. And I listened to, I heard one of her songs for the first time called um, Only Child. And yeah, like just hits, just, just hits so hard. Like just, <laughs> okay, yeah. Just exactly, just like a very weird song in like the way she sings, but just like, yeah. I don't know if either of you guys would like it very much, but um, <laughs> I liked it a lot. I've never heard of this person. How do you spell their name? Uh, Tierra is like, T I E R R A, and then whack is like whack, like how you'd think. But with she has H. a song called Hookers. It's oh, yeah. whack with an H, like yeah. whack, like Tira whack, whack. <laughs> like whack. Oh my god, bro! Like whack. whack. Wait, what's your favorite from her? What? What are, you, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> what's your favorite song? Oh, it's called... Uh, the, well, the song I've been listening to is called Only Child, and I'm going to do Only more of a deep dive into, into her as we're going. Um, do, you have, do you have a music podcast? Peter's been wanting to do a movie, uh, music podcast. I've, yes. I've been denying break, him. Break down the meanings behind the lyrics. Oh, I would have, like, what, I'd have like nothing good to say. I, I'm such a I'm such a dumbass when it comes to music. I'm just like I'm now at a point where if you just have like bad mixing and just like a guy like yelling at some point, I'm like, oh, this is fire! Like, damn! That's, like, if, <laughs> like that's if, sexy back. That's what the movie the song <laughs> "Sexy Back" by Justin Timberlake is. Guy yelling what? in the back. You know the yeah, I know what the song is. Sexy but... back. Yeah. No, but that's I'm talking about like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm talking about music that's like. Like my references are dated music to a point anymore. Okay. Okay. Um, but then I, I don't know. And then it's that. And then it's that. And like super basic pop. And that's mm-hmm. like what I listen to. Peter's pretty well, super basic as well. Peter, what's your, sorry, I'm forgetting. What's your favorite artist? That is not true. That's not basic anymore. at all. It's so basic. I, I, I'm Peter. Yeah. Basic. A, uh, yeah based. a Canadian R&B singer. Named the weekend. Oh, What's his yeah. real name? Abel. Abel Tesfaye, or Tesfaye, Tesfaye, Tesfaye. You're an ableist. <laughs> that's what the, the fan base is called. That's the clip. That's the clip. Aiden's <laughs> canceled. Just kidding. Oh, let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I. Yeah. Peter's basic, but. I'm not basic. It's not basic, man. You're basic. Have you listened um, to his music? You clearly. I have. I have. I like. I like. Before. I like a lot of the weekend. Yeah. See. Based. Anyways, we won't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into this either. There's so many. You already got into get. it. Though. I can make uh, Peter pop off on, but I'm not gonna go into it. 
Um, Aiden, did, is that all you had to wreck? Just the movie and the song? I think so. Anything else? Okay. That's it. Um, I've seen a few things. Not much. I've definitely been like slowing my roll. I watched this movie from 2018 called The Chambermaid. It's a it's a movie from Mexico and it's a um it is a like a maid like a from a hotel mm-hmm. and it's um it's like just her life and she's like, you know, lower class and she's trying to um she really wants to work on like this exclusive floor that's on the top floor and it's just like this look at like the class system and it's really interesting to see how she interacts with um like the the guests at the hotel and it's one of those movies where like the whole thing takes place in the hotel Mm -hmm. so that's an example of like the unity of place being used in a movie and which it's just one of those things like when i realized that it was only going to take place in the hotel and she's never gonna we're never gonna see her at home i was like oh yeah that's a good that's a good choice and yeah i'm always um, very impressed sorry i'm just gonna quickly talk about this i'm always very impressed when a movie uses like the same location for the entirety while somehow managing to keeping it fresh because like we have different encounters of different combination of characters happening at different places and i i always have such admiration and respect for filmmakers that can do that i have a quick thing on that there's a danish movie where the entire thing is just a 911 operator and it's just on a call and that's called the guilty right yeah, yeah, that, I, th- I thought that was a very engaging movie. Because they did a, a remake with... Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, yes. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, they did, they did an American remake? Yeah, sure did. Like this year or last year. Good. Yeah, it no, was less um, good. I don't know if it was bad, but I know it was less good, so I'm only going to watch the Danish it was, uh, it was. It didn't receive the best ratings. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's not as impressive as, as that, which I, I think takes place maybe in like one room. The chambermaid is like all over the hotel, but mm-hmm. still, you know, there's some unity there. Anyways, I thought it was really good. Um, not like, it's not like the the perfect movie. So I think I gave it like a four out of five, but it's it's a four out of five. So like, I really did enjoy it's it. It's quite good. Yeah. Um, and it was, I think it's also a feature. That was a feature movie. Uh, sorry, a, a debut, a feature debut, not just... um and it's one of those movies where like the um the cinematography it's like really um efficient and restrained so like you know everything is like one shot for a scene two maybe um and i i usually am um appreciative of that i like when they do that so i saw that um in class aiden you saw this one too paris is burning a documentary Um, that was really good. I'm not one for documentaries. And after that, I was like, that was a good doc. And, and I was on Letterboxd and I was like, I should make a list of, you know, my favorite docs. And so I made the list and I was like, okay, what docs have I seen? And I was like, oh, there's like none here. (laughs) There's, there's none here. And most of them weren't very good. So I think I put two in there. And the other one is the Nathan, Nathan for you final episode. Which is a documentary. It's crazy. If you don't know that, it's insane. So the whole show, Nathan, for you, yeah. this is also a wreck. His old... Hmm. He was visiting like the people he helped, right? Helped. Not qu- not quite. Um. So the whole show, Nathan, for you, this is 
this can be a wreck, so it fits in the nice in this section. Um, it's like this guy, Nathan Fielder, and he's trying to help small businesses um, by giving them absurd advice. And the comedy is, you know, knowing that it's absurd, but no one's acknowledging it and whatever. Um, and the final episode of that show, or maybe they release it as something separate, but whatever, is a feature length movie called Finding Francis. And so he finds this one of the characters from the show who wasn't even one of the businesses. He was like tangentially uh, involved. He was a Bill Gates impersonator that mm. that he had found. And so somehow it comes up that he was like hanging around the office and he kept mentioning this long lost love he had. And so then Nathan makes a documentary about the two of them trying to find the person he was reminiscing about from like 50 years ago. It's crazy and it's great it's a great doc so recommending both the show and the doc and yeah paris is burning is fantastic too um uh and then yeah the only other thing i watched was she hulk so she hulk is this episode five now i think so i think they're lined up with um hot d actually so they're kind of like hot d, they're both yes. on episode five this calling week, so. it by its real name love it yeah um but yeah episode five fantastic it's great. Um, it's like, this one was like, oh, Titania is trying to sue hey, She-Hulk. No spoiler. No spoiler. For, it's not a spoiler. It's the synopsis. Um, Titania is trying to sue She-Hulk for her, the, the trademark for her name. Mm -hmm. Titania tries to trademark She-Hulk. Fantastic. Like, that's the kind of thing, like, I want the show to be about. Yeah, so that sounds fun. This, this episode, nailed it. Last episode, nailed it. And there's a new character in this one. Oh, so so like there's a the whole bit about um what do you call it? Like like merchandise that's not licensed unlicensed merchandise where they have to like slightly change something to make it to get past the trademark. Hilarious. I won't I won't spoil it because it but it's so funny. Um and yeah, anyways, I like the episode, it was really good. Um so check out that. Um that's it for Rex. Next week. We are doing Don't Worry Darling. This is the first week where I've been oh, absolutely I'm absolutely certain of what we're doing. Oh yeah. We have to. We is have it to out? For the, for the when is it out? Is it out like after this Thursday? Or next Thursday? It should it should be out Thursday, Friday this week. Okay. Well so, I'm excited yeah. for that one. I'm I am really excited too. <laughs> strangely excited for a movie that won't be any good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean we've hyped it up too much. We gotta watch it. Um I guess that's it. So um follow at Predator V Movies on Twitter. Sometimes I tweet and I'm funny sometimes. I hope so at least. And I tweet news too, movie news. So please follow us on Twitter. Um, follow us on Instagram, Predator vs. Movies Podcast. Um, we just announced when the latest episode is out, so you can find out that information there. Uh, why don't you check me out on Letterboxd? I like leaving reviews. Funny, serious, all sorts. Uh, that's at underscore Alex Gordon underscore on Letterboxd. So check us out. Um, until next time, I'm Alex. I'm Peter. And I'm Aiden. And this was Predator V Movies. Uh, See you later. <laughs> 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 <laughs>